0: and Griff presents The Blackout Show. The Blackout Show is going to be co-hosted by myself and my friend Justin from Bad Guy Radio and Chris Gonzalez. Uh, a show about Chicago White Sox, the good, the bad, the ugly. I will be keeping these two guys truthful, debating on their acumen of baseball uh, and calling out what the, what's working and what's not. I think it's time um, and there's a place for this Blackout Show where we can talk about old school, new school um, and have some perspective.
1: Hit it. Hit us with it. Hit us with it.
2: Come on. Let's go. Get it over Rode with. Throw that pole up there.
1: Oh my Come on. God. What is it? What is it? What's his nonsense? Uh, oh, there, there we my go. God. Gonzo, yep. what have you started?
2: Yep, everyone, I'm uh. the man. I'm the man out here that believes Andrew Vaughn was drafted as our first baseman for a damn reason. Should have been there from the start, but too bad. Abreu was hot in his prime. But, yes, Andrew Vaughn. Will be geared up for nearly 30 home runs this year. And I believe that wholeheartedly, that he okay, will, as a full season as a first baseman, he will have his legs under him throughout the whole duration of the season. Because we all saw how sore his hamstrings were playing in the outfield for two straight years. And you can see it that the power wasn't there near the end of the year. But that all changes this year, where his body was naturally made for it as a first baseman. And I believe it not only with its lower half, with his power, but with his hands. We all know how fast his hands are in the box. This is a man as a rookie took a role to Chapman opposite field at Yankee Stadium on his power fastball. Oh, man, man let's go. Saying. Let's go. I'm ready. Okay, but why it's more like-
1: homers than a brave? Yeah.
2: Because he like, did what, it last year. What gives year. you the conf- Okay, He did it last year and 50 less at-bats. You realize, all right. So I tweeted, I
1: tweeted this spray chart right from Jose Abreu's Mm -hmm. 2022 season. Fifteen recorded outs would have been home runs if he was playing in Minute Maid Park. That also means with the protection he's going to have in that lineup, I have no doubt, like 25 homers for Abreu. I love Andrew Vaughn, but like I feel like we need to pump the brakes. We're hyping this kid up so much. Like let's pump the brakes. Andrew Vaughn's going to be great. But Jose Abreu did a lot of really good stuff for a really long time on the south side. And it's like, everyone's just forgetting. 30 and
3: 100, Gonzo.
0: 30 and 100.
1: (laughs) But he hasn't been that guy in a while. Yeah, he hasn't been that guy in a while.
0: Even without him being a a guy in a while. I'm going to be honest with you. Every time anybody came to face the Chicago White Sox, they had one guy and one guy in mind to get out. That guy was Jose Abreu. They didn't even know who Andrew Vaughn was in the lineup. That means nice, easy fastballs down the middle. Guess what now? No more Abreu. And if Andrew Vaughn's gonna be that guy, they will pitch him a little bit different. I like the point what, what Slav just said. I didn't even think about that. In that protection, they might not even notice him. He might just, he might just hit better because they got a pitch to somebody. I don't I don't know. I think Abreu's power has gone away. I think that his job's gonna be probably getting more on base and getting base hits. So Andrew might tip him. The White Sox fans would hope that he actually outbeats him at home runs, but I don't think he's anywhere near the 30 home runs that everybody says he's going to hit. Like, people talk like he was, like, in a wheelchair because he was playing outfield. <laughs> like, he's going to get up from the wheelchair. Like, it, I don't think it's his, that big of a difference, in my opinion. And <laughs> then
3: he, talking about some,
0: his legs is going to be fresh because he wasn't <laughs> running in the outfield. Come
3: on, man. He's a fucking baseball player. Yeah. Hey, can
0: also I say, like, say – Go ahead. No, no, I'm going to say something. So, do you guys realize how much movement there is in first base Compared to every other position, you're in the play every single time. So it's not like he's playing third; but he's not going to move. Like he still has to run from the dugout to first, which is normal. Again, it's not going to get a little gold card to take him, but then he's in every play. So like he's not like DHing. It's not like he went from like outfield to full time DH like Eloy. Which Eloy, I believe, he's going to have a lot more energy because he's he's just chilling on the bench. The Andrew Vaughn and the like thing—that theory is very scary. It is. No, everybody,
1: everybody on the White Sox last year had a bum leg. <laughs> literally everyone That's actually had a, true. they told them true. don't run hard but it is true it is true all right so real quick let's let's do a vote gonzo we know you got more homers for vaughn than abreu Jay, who has more homers
3: abreu i'm not dumb
1: oj more more home runs than actually abreu in twi- no 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 in 2023 vaughn or abreu who has more homers
0: i'm going to go andrew vaughn have more home runs than abreu oh man, he just
1: he's just going to call an audible in the middle of the show i'm going to go with abreu I, I think it'll be close. I well, just, well, no, lineup, nice. I'm, I'm going. I'm
0: going that. I'm going the opposite. I'm. I'm saying that Andrew Vaughn was going to have more, but not because he hit 30. It's just because of Braves. I think that he's just not going to be a power guy anymore. He's going to okay. hit doubles. You think a stuff. Braves cooked? No, I just think his hitting styles is going to change. I think that he's going go to go. I think a Braves actually going to get better going to Houston. Like he is going now to working with analytics and and hitting coaches, and he's going to have a whole staff around him. And he's gonna have like support. It's just like scary. Like it's like he's been playing like in a yeah big league team, but like support wise, I, I don't. I, I wouldn't compare that to Houston. He's going into like a well like a machine. Yeah. He's gonna be on other guys, and guys are gonna be telling himself, he's gonna be a better player. I think that a one hundred percent.
3: Well, we right, got so I, I, go uh, I was just gonna say, like, just think at the ballpark he's playing and he's playing in Texas. Good hitting conditions. A nice indoor facility. Abreu hits a lot of line drives. So there's going to be a lot of line drives that's going to carry right over the fucking. Well,
1: Crawford boxes too are as, about as short exactly. as it gets in the field.
3: And he could, go, he could go yard at every part of the park in Houston.
2: Gonzo, I you get, want the, to keep the you get the last word. word. Gonzo gets Gonzo, the last word. Yeah, no, I think Abreu is going to do just fine down there in Houston, especially where he struggled in the early part of the spring in Chicago in April and you know, basically April and May he was cold. Whereas playing in the Dome, I don't think he's going to have that issue starting the season off cold. But at the same time, just at where he's at in his career, I just think Vaughn's going to have more home runs at that Opposite trajectories. Yeah. And I I don't think he's reaching 30 this this season. I think he will after, but this season I think he'll be about 25 to 30 range. Like 27 is my number that I'm aiming at for him.
1: Okay. uh, All right. Yeah. we can argue this for, for like five hours. So let's let's get into <laughs> the blackout show, our debut episode. Thank you everybody for tuning in. This is yes. the four that's gonna carry you through this whole White Sox season and hopefully for many, many years to come. If the our if our hearts allow us to physically watch this team further on the show, Ozzie Gian Jr., Justin Targaryen. Ozzie, what do you what do you call him? What's his nickname? <laughs> <his> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <I definitely, laughs> we'll save so it for like another him. episode. I'll sue yeah. your ass. and gonzo (laughs) and i'm slav kobekovich all right our first episode we got a special guest and ozzy i'm gonna let you introduce someone that you know very very well
0: i actually what i actually my biggest accomplishment in life other than my diplomas was winning that race um (laughs) man the (laughs) myth the genetics the great abuelo also a world series winning manager in the last 100 years mr ozzy guillen what's
4: up what's up
1: papito what's
0: up guys very good surprise good answers
4: with uh Good argument between Bonnie and Mr. Jose Abreu. Wow. Uh, Playing first base is not easy, guys. You have to move everywhere. You play first base. You play shortstop. You catch your ball. You throw to first. First baseman, he had to move every pitch. Ground ball, fly ball, every pitch. That guy is moving all over the place. Uh, To get to conversation, I I, I don't want people in Chicago because I love Bonnie. I think it's one of my favorite players the last couple of years for, with the White Sox. Uh, I think the, the, the soon I hope I hope coaches and front office people talk to him and say, you're not fitting. You're not going to fit Abreu's shoes. Just, just you have to be yourself. You're not going to be here to hit 40 because Abrail hit 40, 100 because Abreu you hit know, Just go out there and do what you think you can do, and we'll, we'll see that. Abreu really did it for a long time. Um, his his powers went down. Well, everybody, people's power went down because there wasn't that many home run this year. And maybe the ball, it was the right ball. <laughs> I know, and I guarantee you that. But uh, I, I like the uh, bro, You know, I mean, the, the biggest reason they they don't sign bike just because it's going to give Bonnie the opportunity to to be where he's supposed to be. But in meanwhile, uh, the only thing I I will tell him, I said, listen. You, you are you are you you're you're, you're not anybody out, you're not gonna carry this ball club, you're not you, you just be what you're supposed to be and to me on because this kid, every time come to a bat, uh oh, Braille was four for four this day, I break it on with many people in base. and they, they had to be himself. And this kid, he put a pressure on himself to think he's gonna put a number from the first day, then he, he think it the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Gonzo, I think uh, you're opening
3: up the first part of this interview, which you got for the legend here.
2: What up? What up, Ozzy? What's um, up, bro? Thank, thank you for coming on our show. And more importantly, it's on your platform on your family's network. And I can't. I'm so excited to have you on. And my first question for you is, how was winning a championship in the city of Chicago? How has it really impacted your legacy?
4: Well, to be honest with you, I think it was, it was the best thing I ever did in my career, to be honest with you, but also the worst thing I did in my career because when you uh, you win your championship, your second year as a manager, then after that is you know not winning, everything goes downhill. And then that's one thing I learned about it later on. Like, uh, wow, it's, it's nice to be a, a world champion. It's nice to be at the city. They don't have a championship long time baseball. And you'll be part of that. I think it's uh even you know, people people so a lot of people forgot to play for the White Sox. It's like a kind of era thing, like a lot of people, like whoever say, Oh my god, you watch the and stuff, it is a wheelchair. <laughs> <laughs> now you're
1: just a great TV guy, you're not even it's a wheelchair. manager anymore.
4: <laughs> the guy say, Wow, I love the way you mentioned the white shoes during the middle 40s, 50s around there, but you say, Wow, this is the guy work on TV. Now you're talking about 15, 17, 20 years old. But it was a great man, especially especially in Chicago, especially for the White Sox. I grew up with this organization. This organization gave me the first opportunity to be who I am. And, uh, I, I, by the way, I, 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 when I say, yeah, they give me opportunity for everything I did, I did it myself. And I, I think it's uh, living in Chicago, I uh, enjoy the cities, have a lot of people have the respect for me and my family, and uh, it's just something, uh, you know, you cannot really come up with some word to say how how great that was for, for us, how great was for, uh, for Chicago people, how great it was for my family. But I think it's, uh, it's not doubt about it. You know what I mean? You talk about best thing ever happened to me is have my three grandchilds, then the championship ring. Them, but uh, it's just something uh, people know where they forget about it, and uh, I love it. Uh, I really have a great time doing it, and uh, I enjoy it. And by the way, I still make money out of that. How about that?
3: Yeah, Money.
4: <laughs> you know,
3: uh, Ozzy, I live in a neighborhood that's predominantly Hispanic, and we look at you as East a legend. East side, we, we we look at you as a fucking legend. You know what I'm saying? Like, before I could even speak, I knew who Ozzy Guillen was. You know, so I want to ask you: What was the favorite part about your game? Was it the defense? Was it the speed? What did you like about you?
4: Power. My fun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was fun, man. I think I, I was blessed by God coming, coming where I come from. Uh, some people, I wish they can. Some people can go out there and come and and, and showing people in Chicago where, where where the little town I come from, and they will say, "Wow, that's why this crazy side of our is the way it is." Uh, but I think I think I have more fun in in in, in baseball. Uh, I think the defense for me was number one. Now, if I play in in this era, I I might not make it to Double A because everything is like about home runs and strikeouts. Uh, no speed. Uh, I was opposite players for like that. And but I think I think I never I don't think why should I have better players than me? I have no doubt about a better hitters. I don't know about defense. I doubt it about defense. Uh, more I doubt it
3: too.
4: More skills. But I think nobody wear that uniform, no one wear that uniform in the history of the White Sox have more fun than me. And 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 enjoyed the game with the fans, with the umpires, with every day I put the uniform. I I just have fun and and make sure I do what I have to do to win the game.
0: Yeah. So you got another one? Go ahead.
4: No, go
3: ahead, OJ. No, no,
0: I was just gonna ask him if you missed anything about managing, what it is that, that you miss. Ooh, wow, I don't know.
4: You ask my wife, she might say the big <laughs> Uh I don't you know what, Ozzy. Be honest with you, I wake up, put it there, I wake up sometime like like right now. I wake up and say wow, uh spring training. I, I don't listen to baseball, I don't watch baseball because it might hit me again. And uh, after, I know I was in baseball for last, the first couple of years I was out baseball. Uh, every time around this time it's coming up, I, I get, I don't know what to say, depressed, uh, but I was like upset about it. I was mad at myself. I was mad at baseball. I was everything. I was in Venezuela. Uh, thank God, uh, I have a, people at work. I know work, I helped them. Back in Mexico, I go there, I spend the spring training with them for a little while. But I, I don't miss the game. No, I don't miss it. Is I want it? I like it? I love it? Yes. But uh, to be honest with you, I think I, 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 I'm not missing the the. I'm missing the action, but I'm not missing the everyday. You know, everyday stuff. Especially when you're managing in in, in uh, spring training, it's the worst. Spring training, you have to worry about seventy people. You have to worry about the media. You have to worry about who got to send down. You're going to make a trade. Every The only good thing about spring training, everybody have a great team. Everybody. Everybody, oh, my God, I love the team. I love. I just talked to my friend Chuck Garfire a couple of years ago. I said, hey, how the team look? Oh, it's awesome. The team is it's very well. I said, well, Chuck, if you look in at spring training, everybody say the same stuff. Everything is great. Everything is good. I said, well, what do I mean? I said, well, Ling, he, he lost like 40 pounds, and uh, Toledo is in shape, and uh, – you know, I mean, Jimenez come out, he looks 35 pounds. Well, he looking like a beauty pageant. That's not going to mean Miss Universe or Miss USA because everybody's in great shape. They have a better looking body. But um, I think I don't miss that that, that particular thing. I don't miss in that much, especially now. I have grandkids and the, the, the job I have right now, the job I have right now, it don't make me miss baseball at all, period. I get paid. I get along with the people I work with. I enjoyed my life. I think maybe it's the one thing I, I, I don't remember. I've been working for NBC for a little while. I don't remember one day I got to start my guy go, man, I got to go to work. Golly. Nope. Uh, and, and when I was managing, yeah, that happened. When I was playing, that happened. When I was coaching, that happened. And so far, every time I work, I go to work on TV, I don't have any one regret in any minute. That's why I think my job and my family and my think the golf game, <laughs> uh, I'm not that crazy about to back, go back and manage it.
1: I think good producers helps make you look better. That's true. It's
4: funny when the good producers help us, yes. They helped me in my career in Chicago. That when you know when the producer want to make more money and leave go to the big <laughs> uh, leave everybody behind. Like, okay, who
1: would I do that? What an down. asshole!
4: See you guys later. I'm gonna be in better building, more people. All right, bye bye. I'm too good for you guys, bro. I, yeah, I, I got a question.
1: Cool. Yes, I don't know if I've ever asked because I don't know if I've ever asked you this, Ozzy, straight up. And I've definitely never asked you with Junior here. As a player, you were a fan favorite. You become a manager. You win a World Series. Like you are the most popular guy in in Chicago. At the end of your tenure as a manager with the White Sox, maybe not as popular as you were. Then you come back, now you're doing TV, and it's like people forgot, and everyone loves you again. What has that been like, the relationship with the fans over the years, up and down, and being from player popularity, not so popular, being Mr. Popular again? How has that relationship with the fans impacted you and the family?
4: And Junior, you can chime in too. I don't think I can, I don't have any problem with the fans. I think every problem was with the media. Uh, when we, uh, the stuff with, uh, it's been like two, three years, very miserable. Uh, in my my years with the White Sox as a manager, uh, as a player, well, first of all, I, 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 people have to understand. They fired me. They not re- they released me because I can still play. I can still play. I played 152 games last time I played with the White Sox. I have another year contract and they signed some guys Caruso, you know what I mean? Like what? If You sign TA, yeah, yeah. like the, the Atlanta Braves did. They signed call as gone. I'm okay with them, but when you release me having one more year contract and all the song you signed some kid Caruso, he was the lead the league in doing this crazy stuff. And I cannot say here because I respect <laughs> the kid, but uh, that that pissed me off. That really pissed me off, and uh, also give me opportunity to play for a winning team. With Atlanta Brace, uh, same way with the manager. You know what I mean? I don't want to leave, but I think it was great for the White Sox players, not for the organization. Players, uh, I did what I did because I think it was a little uh, I just call that. I wish I can have the, the right word for, for that. It, it it wasn't healthy for the players. Kenny's saying this, as saying this, can saying say this? As he says he, only saying this. And, and people forgot. All the media forgot. I was the manager of the White Sox. People thought it was like El Gordo y la Flaca. Uh, everything was a uh, talking gossip. So I hate. To- I never. I never say I hate Kenny. I think about it. Yes, I did. And also he hate me the same way. But I don't have a problem with, with 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 him in that particular time. But the Marlins, they want me, and I asked the White Sox. Hey, I want to stay here. I did. I talked to Jerry about it. I went through it. Jerry come to literally this work. Well, uh, you know, you got a one year contract. Go there, and say, "Well, I, how about Kenny get mad on me or whatever reason it is, and he fired me in spring training or during the season?" What's the deal? This guy going to offer me offer me five year deal. We we went through it for months with that. But uh, it's a fan favorite now. Fans have been great with me. Being awesome, you know, I mean, fans say what they hear. And the one thing about I had the fans on my favor because the only White Sox member, listen to me, no player, no coach member ever told the fans the truth and was honest with the fan. And that's that's, that's what my point. The long I'm honest with the fans in the media, hey man, it's a fact, it's a true. And I got a lot of problems with the front office when I was managing just because, even when I was a player, the White Sox fired me because I had too much power. I had too much power as a player and I had too much power as a manager, period. That's, that's it. And the reason they don't sign me back and whatever, they any with me a couple of days ago, or a couple of months ago, just because the same way, the soon they hear me talk, they say, oh, oh, yes, I do change. They know, they know, but in the meanwhile, I know I know. when you're going to talk to me about baseball, you're going to hear the truth. And some people in life, not baseball, life, no one here. it. But to me, to me, it would be the same way. With the fans, with the fans, with the organization, it's more down than up, to be honest with you. More nice. disappointing, more upsetting. And now I'm talking with Jerry almost every day, uh, back to normal uh, with the White Sox. I always have good relationship with Kenny people believe it or not. But, I mean, Kenny and Jerry, we have a good relation. I think I talk to Kenny more and I talk to Jerry. I talked to Jerry all the time. Last time I talked to him was a couple of days ago, asking about Tony Russo's uh, health. And I asked him for some ticket for my friends. They want to come <laughs> to, uh, to the uh to, to the to those game. They're going to come up here. But relation is has been great. I think that my relation has been great with the White Sox, like with the fans. They love me. Thank you. They do love me. You know why? Because I don't wear the uniform. I don't make the mistake. Take the wrong guy out. I don't say the wrong thing on TV. I don't say the wrong thing to the to the fans. Then then that's why. the relation with the fans always been great. With the White Sox, it was a lot of up and down thing that right now isn't in, in the level at the green level. This do can put it that way. That was I'm gonna chime in real quick. So that was my
0: only concern with Ozzy uh getting the job was how would this end? And going into it- Which job? The, 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 if, he had, if he had been selected as a manager. I'm gonna go out and say here on the Blackout Show that interviewing Ozzie Guillen is probably one of the dumbest things <laughs> that they've ever done as a front office. Yeah, Because <laughs> uh, because I think that you gave false hope to the fans, and Ozzy's a person that has that much magnitude that uh, there's a part of me that thinks that it's unfair to the incoming manager who has said all the right things, who knows baseball really well, and a lot of people are going to compare to him. And there's a lot of things that are being compared by. He's Hispanic. He's young. So there's a lot of extra added pressure that you get even on just becoming a regular manager. So I think if you don't include Ozzy, I don't think he comes in with that much pressure from that sense. So that was a big mistake them am interviewing because of that love for the fans. There's fans out here that are obsessed with Ozzy. And when we feel that we live in Chicago for a reason, we love Chicago. We've always been there. And that was my concern because when we left, when the family went to Florida because of Money, because it was money. It was a situation. One one team wanted him, the other team didn't. One team traded him to get something in return. The fans were so upset because they wanted to win again that we felt that, man, the, that connection is no longer there. And it takes a couple years to build it back. And you know, there was a plan. Ozzy was at ESPN, and we're like, we got to bring him back to, we got to bring him home. Like when that, like when it opens up, like he needs to like be ready to get that that job because he would just be awesome to be working for you know in front of the fans and that love. Happen within like the first three months, the fans and Ozzy are like engaged back again. And it's just amazing that I was scared that right now, with anybody who's a manager, it could be the best manager in the world, the worst manager. Even if you win after one year, you need to win every single year. Your window is like three years, and then you're done. So if Ozzy won, he would retire, and it'd be amazing to go back to TV. But if he lost, do you go back to TV, or do people hate you so much that you can't even make that jump? Because I saw it happen to Robin who, you know, was a fan favorite. You know, people don't even want to say his name here in town now. It's happened to, you know, Tony. So I didn't want that to happen to Ozzy. So that I was like, okay, if he gets the managing job, what's the exit plan? Like, if it goes really bad, like, you know, does he step down in the middle of a season so fans understand he loves him? So that was my only concern. And it was because of the fans, even though you guys know how I feel about them most of the time on social media. But I've always liked that connection between Ozzy and the fans because it's one that there's just so much love. God, I, I ate for free and drank for free for, for 10 years. Like, yeah, How can I not like the fans?
4: Besides that, I think, I think, I think. Uh, by the way, this is a fact, guys. I know Refo was a manager before they interview me. By the way, a good friend, mutual friend. I will say the name later on. He told me you will interview The white sauce said yes, I did it. Yes, I said wow. Well, Refo is a manager. Said, Last week they talked to him. They make sure they say make sure you not say anything. Then, then they had me. They hit. I hope, I hope those few of them. I hope those guys are wrong. Because they did. I said, why are you wasting my time? You're wasting your time. You know the guy. I think before it's going to be, you know, what I hear, what I hear, before it's going to be a good manager. If they let them manage it the way they sh- should be managing and dictate what they have to be doing in the field, this White Sox is going to have success. When people start putting their nose, try to help them, they ain't going to help them at all. You know, players are not stupid right now. Players know when you do stuff because they front office. Players know how you are with the front office, how you are with the players. And I think right now, what I know about him, I'm 1000% behind him, 1000% behind him. And I got a bad job because one thing about it is, if I say anything, uh, criticize him, no bad, criticize him during the season, there's a few people out there are going to say, oh, Ozzy is just doing it just because It's not the manager. I guarantee you that. But i, I just being honest. When good thing happened, I will let it know. When bad thing happen, I will let it know. But I think, in another hands, I think they hire a guy is great baseball man, yes. You know about the game, yes. The problem is don't try to put together Z with the A before you go through the alphabetic, because it, 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 they, the White South from Office don't gonna help him much. They will help, they will contribute to try to have success. But when you say, Okay, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do that, and you are the manager uh ain't, ain't, ain't gonna happen. ain't gonna happen because this guy he know about baseball, he's been the game, never been managing. I think he got a good team to managing. yes of the field, very hard team to managing off the field, very hard in the clubhouse, different places because I know for a fact I do know. uh If they stay healthy, I hear uh, I hear this guy say something very interesting this morning. Uh, everybody in baseball has good players, good team, good talent. But, no, I'm sorry, good talent. Every, every, every organization got good talent, but they don't have a good team. They got to start playing like a team. They got to start taking each other like a team. Um, I'm tired to hear we're family. That's a bunch of shit. They, they ain't family. They ain't family. Moncada, you see, uh, Moncada is Cuban, and you can spell his last name. It's not Z. And then then family. I want from the White Sox, when I'm on TV, say we're a great team and we're a great teammate. That bullshit we're a family, and that's not working because a bunch of hypocrites, they don't like each other, and I don't care if they like each other or not. I Make mean, sure they go out there and play as a team and go there and, and worry about um, taking care of his teammates and be a great teammate. That's only care that, that bunch of shit about family. I, I got family, I hate my own dad. I do every time my dad calls me, I go like this. Oh, he need any money. <laughs> and 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 and, and I say, Hey, we're a great teammate, and we're going to play hard, and we're going to take care of each other. I love if anybody come out and say
2: that now. Ozzy, just to back it up there, did you ultimately get an indication that Rafal was going to be selected during your interview? And were you surprised that Han, Han was going to go that route with that that coach of Graffal? Well,
4: I got I saw I, I see like thirty thousand managers. You know, what I mean, it's like so many people. like guy from Philadelphia, the guy from Tampa, the guy also, I never thought before. I, you know, never that name never come up to my mind. Nobody's mind. I got people in ESPN. I got people around baseball. and they, they're like, what? They come up with the name. I said, well, good for him, but no. I got like maybe. Even Washington, they take even of you uh, Washington they, but my problem was I don't mind who they picked. They picked the right guy. Yes, they did. I think they did. He just make sure you support him, you behind him, but stay away from what this guy is gonna to bring to the table. But I was disappointing about it. Maybe for for about an hour, play golf with my man. I play golf with Slack. I play golf with Ozzy. I was uh,
1: don't don't leave out Pablo.
4: Yeah, we said Do we play Go with power, You know, it was you heard me a little bit. I, you know, I me. Mean, I got blood in my system. I, I'm I'm a very proud guy, but that don't kill me. And, and, and like a day and a half, I be. Mean, my wife was the happiest one. My wife said, You're not the manager, yes. Thank God, you're not the manager. Uh, my kids want me to be the manager, yes. I want to be the manager because I want to see my grandkids, see me, I, I want to see little my grandson run around the field i can do it anyway i own that place i can walk in and out nobody who they're going to call the police then but uh that, that's the only reason i really want and i went to the interview 100 ready to go 100 try to help this this organization 100 to try to help this ball club but uh, unfortunately or maybe fortunately uh, i wasn't
1: i wasn't the guy real quick last two years, and I know because I've spent so many days in that green room watching this team with you, is it frustrating? And when you put yourself in the shoes, if I was managing, what would have happened to the White Sox in 2021 and 2022 if you were in the dugout managing that team? Where would they ultimately have ended up?
4: Now, I, I don't know where because so many injuries there, but I know fans, MTV, and everybody around baseball, they know they have some life. You know, I mean, last couple of years, last year, especially last year, uh, man, that thing was like, like it's like a funeral home. You know, watching for <laughs> one was watching it. It's like somebody was dead, and uh, I don't think they want to go to the field. That's what I think, guys. I don't know. They, they. Um, I hope I'm wrong. And it wasn't the right. You know, I mean, it wasn't the team to watch. It wasn't, and sometimes you get disappointed. Like, well,
5: by the way, I told the guys, say, "Oh,
4: I see this ball club is horrible." Yeah. I had to watch it every day, and the guy talked to me. Go, Ozzy, you can pay to watch it. I had to pay to watch them, and it was embarrassing. Yes, it was hurt. Yes, uh, I, I told people you have to type a show when they win, when they lose, when they play good, when they play bad. It's not, it's not fun for me when you every day something every day they lose, every day they lose. I know it's not slack or was was there for the last 10 years. When they even win, they lost almost 100 games every year. I know how hard I could be. But when I see things, it's something say, oh, we play hard. What? We play hard? No shit. That's why you can pay, just to play hard. I hate that. Oh, we play hard. We bought the hotel. Well, at least you have to. That's the last thing you have to do is that. But I think, I think discipline is going to be a lot better. I think friendship is going to be a lot of better. And it's it's a lot of things out of the clubhouse come out, tweeters and talking. You know, one day they hate Tony, the next day we love Tony. It's like, oh, Grandpa, Uh, we miss Tony. The next day, uh, Cairo is the best manager. Get get out of the way, Lopez. Us getting fuck out of here. We got the man. We win the first two games. After that, we hate Cairo. I mean, this is the clubhouse stuff. And I think having me there, no, no chance that will happen. No chance, and I think that what we're missing. Uh, the, the reason I criticize Tony Rosa is because I think Tony Rusa was too soft with them. I think Tony tried to be a friend with them, yes, so they're your friends, but in meanwhile, you know, what I mean, hey, managers like managers like you are your own kid. I say you be here at 10 o'clock, they ten to fight, you're done, you're not out anymore. Done. That's it, that's the way it should be. And that's that, that this group of grind, this group of kids, that's easy to manage, man. Look at the thing I'm managing, look at the thing I went through it. Oh, god, I can't, I can't start with like, look at my kitchen.
0: Wow,
4: my first baseman, very, not, not very difficult for me, it was hard because he never said much. Uh, Iguchi never talked to anyone, you know. I me, mean, we got a gorillas there, we do got gorillas there, and we handle him very well. Caleb, very g- great friend. You know, what I mean, so many different uh, characters. It was, uh, it was ugly, and this this group of guys, they're a bunch of they, a bunch of knobs, man. They, they, they good kids. They're all right. They, they talk, but they know they like a little chihuahua, like wah, wah, wah,
5: wah, wah, wah,
4: but they don't buy anyone. They, they I think this group is a good group to, to handle. And I hope before he did it, he said it a couple of days ago, more this ball club the way it should be more. That's that, that's all they need. So,
3: uh, Ozzy, I want to go back to O5, Junior loves it. Uh, a member of your coaching staff, Don
4: Cooper. Tell me about the relationship you had with Don Cooper. Wasn't to me was horseshit, shit. coach, they make you believe how good you can be. <laughs> no, wait, wait, okay, you're not good. I said talking about coaching. You know how to go manage it. And you know win. You know how to good coach it. You know how success. You know how to go hitting coach. If you have success, it's a, it's a hitting coach, you know what I mean? But the coaching, the real coaches, that's the one make you to believe. I say, man, you're good, do this, do that, good, stay away from the players, and Cooper do all that stuff. He did. He did. He just, I. by the way, my right hand man, I don't have to worry about who's in. I say, hey, get a writing up. He know exactly who the writing should be out there. Uh, Give me a lefty up. He know exactly what lefty be up. That's why Cooper made my life so easy. And I I think I had a lot of success because I had this man next to me. And Cooper was outstanding. Let players know what is all about it. Make them believe how good they are. He's a good pitching coach. Hey, Leo Mazzoni. I know I not to talk about Leo right now, but it's an example. How great a coach, a pitching coach, was shit. You are mad, laughing, a small. <laughs> uh, I'd be the pitching coach. <laughs> then he signed with Baltimore, he got fired in June. That's why I expect. but to me, listen to Cooper every day and, and 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 think about it. Cooper, you don't have a piece of paper, man. Cooper, I don't think Cooper can even write his own name. He know he know he got everything up here. You know what I mean. He know how the paper like right now. You see the third pitch. Everybody put his head down to write it down. You look in the stands right behind the home plate. People write a computer. Like guys never play baseball writing computer about the game. I, I hear I, I hear. Let me see. Uh. I, let me see my. I can see my man. He say, "Who was your hitting coach, Mooney?"
5: Oh, Mooney.
0: <laughs> Mooney hitting
4: coach. Okay, Mooney never hitting his life.
0: <laughs> so Gonzo, he's anyway, talking about you. He would yeah, that was Gonzo's hitting coach. Gonzo,
4: Mooney's your hitting coach. That's why you never fucking play. Okay, Mooney hitting coach. Well, anyway, uh it was a great coach, man. It was a great coach because players love him, respect him. But how good he was, I, I cannot tell you do this or that. You know, be most efficient. Get the fuck away from me me leave me alone. Okay. But uh Yes, yes, you are. That's the reason I stayed for a long time. I think the reason Cooper is still there because now everything is a computer, analy- uh, analytics, all the shit. And Cooper, you don't know what's two plus two. That's why it couldn't be. They cannot make that. They cannot make that jump.
3: <laughs> so, uh, Ozzy, I've been stirring. Uh, I've been stirring a lot of fucking dust on the internet because I, I actually said that Prime Johan Santana was better than
4: Chris Sale. What do you think? Wow, different stuff. Yeah. different stuff, different stuff, different uh, stuff. Well, you, you say that in Chicago, people are gonna be all over U.S. I know. You say that in Venezuela, you say, you're right, brother. You better <laughs> than that guy. That's a different temper. Johan Santana, uh, one is the most dominated pitching in baseball. I, I never thought was gonna make it this long. When I saw him throw for first time, I go, oh my God, this kid gonna get hurt quick. Uh, it's, it's pretty good argument because if you tell me who I'd rather face, I'd rather face Santana than than then, then sell because uh you know it's so uncomfortable and, and, and dominate the league so well. But uh you you pick one of the two best lefties in the game and you can you can argue with the, with anybody, with anybody yeah. about it, especially in this style. You know, you say something about Chris Hill, like, are you crazy? They still Chris L. is Chris still right now. You know, what I mean I, I think Chris has got a great career. uh wow. And I got it, man. I saw let me tell you something very good about Chris. Hill. I watching TV. I never watched I never watched uh the draft. Never, I never watched any any of any of that. Nothing. Then I watching I watching uh, TV and I and I see uh, the White Sox number one pick, Sale. they showed maybe five seconds on highlight TV. I went to the ballpark, called, <laughs> I, called, <laughs> I called Kenny and say, hey, what? Bring this guy to the big league now. <laughs> and Kenny go, well, we have to cut them sign him first. I say, this is the best pitcher we have, lefty pitcher we have. We got like 10 lefties out there. Bring it now, man. This kid ready to pitch here. He's ready. I will take care of him. And people forgot he come here because I was painting the ass to Kenny, asking him every day, like, hey, he bring it up. We put it in the bullpen. And look at what this kid is meant to be. dog. He go, he, he's going to get hurt. Before he did, he was is outstanding guy, a, a gamer, a gamer, and I think he did everything what he does in his career. I think I'm glad I just talked to Alex Cora. He said Chris is is doing everything he's supposed to be doing, and hopefully stay healthy.
1: Okay, I gotta ask if you were the manager and Chris Sale tore up all the jerseys in your clubhouse, what would you have done?
4: I ain't never happened to me, bro. <laughs> Telling you right now. It, first of all. First of all, well, the, what I hear, I know I wasn't there. Uh, you, you told the club, he said, hey, oh, you change. You talk to the, uh, uh, you talk to the, the marketing people. I say, said, brother, he's already saying no. And I think so was right. I, I, you know, people, players don't don't care about money for the organization, money for the team. They don't give a shit about that. Just the money to me. I don't care if you're going to make money or you're not. And, but they went to so far because he said, said, I ain't pitching today with this on. And I said, Well, if you're not pitching. Get out of here. Just say, Why? Don't worry about it. I will come out and say, You, you got diarrhea or you, you, you hung over or, or whatever. I will come out with something. That it was, to, by the way, I talked to, I was in the SPA that time and I had to talk about it. And I talked, I called, I called a couple people. And they handled it the wrong way, bro. Both, both sides handled it the wrong way. And uh, they, they couldn't know how to handle it. Uh, some people think they, they're bigger on the team when they work in the front office. And Chris Sale said it right. Chris Hill said, oh, the promotion is more important than my side young. And that's why I think that's why. I, and I think that's why. I think that's why. That's the reason. I, I think is I was there. That never will happen.
3: So, uh, I don't really agree with Ozzy Jr. on a lot of shit, but he told me something right now um, that Juan Gonzalez is better than Frank Thomas. I believe him, Ozzy. What, what say you? What do you
4: think? Wow. Well, Juan Gonzalez was protecting. We loaded lineup. Yeah. Loaded. Look at the lineup. Palmeiro. Uh, Ivan Rodriguez, uh, Sierra, you know, they protected a big-time lineup. Fran Toma, the lineup Fran Toma played with, at least in Chicago, I don't know when he played in another ball club. Uh, what Fran did in this town, and by the way, we Fran we friend, like, love, hate for 30 years. Why? Because I, I, I pushed Fran too much, and I pushed him to the limit. He was tired to see my ass every day with the White Sox, And we made Frank Thomas be a better player. I said we because a few, few guys out there pushing him every minute. We all over him. We curse our hand. We, we almost make Frank cry to make him better. He never could understand where we're coming from. But uh, Frank Thomas, I don't, I don't remember Frank Thomas have a legit hitter behind him to protect him. And sure. that's the reason I think Frank Thomas was better. Mm-hmm. Because he don't have nobody. He don't have no
0: protection at all.
4: I'm, I'm on the record
0: right now and say that 13-year-old Ozzy Jr. was completely wrong. <laughs> and I took for granted that Frank Thomas was on our team. Juan Gonzalez is my favorite all-time player. Big Hurt knows this, but Juan cannot hold Big Hurt's jock, especially with modern numbers. So, so you I'm just, just set, me even, you set, set me up. You I just said yeah. I said I said little, I, I said little Ozzie Jr. was a huge Frank Thomas fan. You should by the way, one day when we're not on this one, because we have a lot of questions to ask him, you can have your debate on Andre Dawson, because this guy's a huge Andre Dawson guy. Oh really?
1: And you can try
0: to put you can try to put that one on him.
1: Good luck with He's that o- one. Good He's luck overrated. with that one, Targaryen.
3: He's overrated, Bob. He's overrated.
0: Okay, who's got the next question? So I so if if you had to if you had to redo any moment in your career with the Chicago White Sox, what Ooh. would you redo differently? Or if you had or not or not do or not do differently.
4: Don't be too honest. Don't be too honest. When honesty kill people in this country. Honesty not key you anywhere in this country, unfortunately. When I, I let my country and my dad always told me my dad never say anything good to me. You know what I mean? And you know that. Screw him. But honest you, you, when you honest you're going to have success in life. And I find now when you're honest in baseball that I ain't going to help you because somebody out there you're gonna hurt his feeling, you want to hurt his reputation, you want to hurt like you think you know more baseball than me. and baseball honesty doesn't work. And you can put anybody in baseball right now, anybody from from Mr. Manfred to the bad boy of the White Sox. Honesty' get you anywhere. In baseball, people, they won't, yes, sir, no, sir, even you're wrong. If you tell somebody in baseball, say, I don't know about that, you're wrong. Oh, my God, you lose your job. I don't talk to you anymore. And that's that's the way it is right now. I'd say that's why in baseball, I know what to say everywhere because I've never been around any industry or anything different than baseball. But honestly, in baseball, it's just easy. No, no. You have to be like, yes, sir, yes, sir. Whoever said yes, sir, the most and better, it made more money stay longer in that job. That's period. Mm-hmm. You say, yes, sir. Okay, you're going you got to renew contracts. You're going to be there for 100 years. You, you, the longer you say yes to your boss and you take the heat, that's good.
1: That's good. But would you would you have been okay if you if you did it that way? Wouldn't no. they eat you up inside because that's not who you are? No, no I never will do that because I was doing it.
4: Uh, you know, by the way, the ten people tell I was cocky. I was like, ah, uh, I got it. I say ego, ego, ego. I know I see, I, Ego, Spanish, ego. <laughs> ego, ego. Yeah, oh, yeah ego.
5: you got it. Okay, yeah, ego.
4: Oh, you got, okay, yeah, you ego. got, oh, I got an ego. No bullshit. I don't have an ego because I know how many people behind me. They're supposed to be behind me. Then they are just killing me, criticizing me, everything I was doing it. Why you doing that? And they know how they ball to throw me in my face. But that's why I say no, 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 no. That's not the way this is the way and look at the white Sox teams as the game was there that's the, people say oh look at this ego once again it's ego whatever I said no look at the organization from 2004 to 2009 how good that they were from all the way from the minor league all the way to the why because the, man, the, the big play worry about big league uh, coaches worry about the minor league we were looking for the first one the communication between uh, people in the front office with myself it was great. After that, every, that, I guess everybody had different ego and nobody was in the same page uh, in that particular time. The only good thing about the organization was when Kenny and myself, we might not be in the same page early or doing it. But when we leave the room, we're on the same page. We might hate each other. We might disagree with each other. But we're on the same page. It was about winning. And one thing about it, everybody can say whatever. They talk about Kenny, including myself. He love, he hate to lose. I know that. Hate to lose, hate to lose, and that's why when you when I talk to Kenny William about baseball, I listen to him. When I talk to somebody else about baseball, I like I see you guys are full of shit. I say why? Because you don't know shit about this game. That's an re- easy, easy. That's an easy reason. I went to interview with the White Sox. I look around. The four people was in front of me, and I like what the what the hell is this? Guy one guy played for me. One guy was my, my video guy. They only do is do uh what is it was doing? Uh I cannot say what he was taping my in my in my videos, but he taping my videos and all the bullfights. fights. I say, Hey, can you put all the bullfights? fights I can watch in a, and thing and talking to them? Now it seems like I had to kiss those guys, these people's ass to have the job. Okay, if you know me for 10, 20 years, how the fuck you go to interview me? Yeah. Like, we were together 20 years ago, all the way through the year. You're going to ask me questions? What are you going to get from me when you know what you're going to get? Then I'm like, hey, man, i I just going to be Then I they not say stuff, good stuff the way it should be? Yes. No, because I think baseball people – people in the game change. No, baseball. People in the game change the game a little bit. And uh, I know I was wrong in so many things, but I was right in most – Thing I was wrong, then like man, you know I me. Mean, it is what it is. But in the meanwhile, right now, it's a lot of things out there. Uh, some you know I mean? like I said earlier, um, Some manager they bring the lineup down. Here's the lineup. Now you lose with this lineup, and you gonna say, wait a minute, we lose the lineup. I don't make the line lineup. Those guys up there make it. You 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 better talk. You talk to the media. You talk to them. Don't talk to me about it. They made the lineup. You should. Talk to those guys up there. But, uh, you know, it's so many things. It's so great thing in baseball. The analytics, uh, I'm not against them at at all. Uh, I'm not against them. But the thing is, you can do to be too drastic, too much analytics or no analytics at all. You got to be in the middle, put those things together. And analytics, no win baseball game, guys. Never will, never do. Why? Tampa Bay got the same analytics. Think my the Marlins, why of had the same analysis and the Cle- the Cleveland the, the 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 Cleveland Indians? Chuck you're not here. Uh, <laughs> why white white Minnesota? Why those guys? Why those guys win more games than others when they have the same? Analysis? Because they have better
0: talent. That's it. That's yeah, Shane Beaver. That's why.
4: That's that's <laughs> it. you know what? you know Detroit? Detroit in the way up. I think the Detroit got one of the best talent in in, in that division in next three years. But why you think they lose 100 games they got the same analytics they got they got the same computers. then all the analytics uh you know I mean' I'm, I'm into to some point but I think you now go to win the Kentucky Derby running with donkeys that's <laughs> not analytics no you're not anal- analytics is is good for one part but it's horrible for another part no because well, everybody was big time Houston Astro Houston Astros was a model on baseball. Everybody want to be like Houston Astro in one year. All of a sudden, they find out they're cheating. Oh, no, now we're going to be Tampa Bay. <laughs> now they lose. They, they lose. Oh, we got to go We we'll be back to Houston Astro, Pitching, defense. Dusty Baker is a hero. You know what I mean? It's not about who's winning, man. It's all about who had more success. And I think I tip my hat to the guy in Tampa. I tip my hat to the guy in Baltimore. Even with the guy in Oakland, they don't have nothing to fight with. And they still try to compete. I think my hat to those guys. And, and and that's that's a lot of people say white Sox, they keep they, they told Jerry they keep you know, keep after you keep. I, I said, no, Jerry, put the money out there. They just spend it the wrong people in the wrong way. Yeah. That's it. I said, you know, I said oh, I said, when you you know Jerry had 200, I don't know how much it was last year, third, fourth, fifth, in, in more money invested, but they invested it with the wrong guys that's it you know what i mean that's that's not jerry's fault that's obviously jerry gonna say yes or no then that that's you know what i mean there's so many problems out there you let one guy just talk here he is. you the guy you're gonna say you're gonna go to take a charge and move on and see what happened.
2: you know ozzy you brought up houston there and they just took a franchise player away from the white sox and a man that was our leader and now, with him gone, someone's no, got no, no. Up. You know,
4: you what's know, was the leader, he was a great hitter and great player. Leader, no,
2: in and some, I, we, in we, some we minds, thought we they thought no, we leader. say
4: he was a leader. Jose bro, don't give a shit about no one, just the kids and his wife. I'm telling you, I know Jose Abra, by his business. We say, Oh, he's a leader. He said, No, he's a leader because he's the oldest guy, he, he, he walked like a leader. <laughs>
2: Well, to go yep. along with that, with what I'm saying here is someone needs to step up. A lot of people thought Lance Lynn was that guy, on the, at least for the pitching staff. But I haven't seen position players who that is. But you know how, that? how do you value leadership at the MLB level? And was there a perspective difference from it as a player than when you were a manager?
4: You know what's a leadership? Leadership is when you are the same guys day in and day out. It's easy to be a leader when you got 40 home runs, 140 RBI, and making $30 million more than anybody else. That's easy to be a leader like that. Uh, Leadership right now, I don't believe that. The Derek Jeter style, the Ozzy style, the Michael Jordan style. I'll put my name there just because I'm way below those guys big time, 100,000% of the time. But leadership is a guy like they're going to take a lead, we know, why so know how one? Because leader, leader to me, what I see from outside, guys, I know that in the clubhouse. Why see it for me? When you stick up from everybody, one day this guy say good thing about you, and the next day they hate each other. And I know it's a fact. I know it's a truth. Uh, this guy, that, why you take me out? Uh, why take me out too soon? Why you don't leave me another hitter? Why bat me bat in third? You can see that in Twitter every day with the players, or they say they talk about each other. That's one thing about. About leadership. Leadership, you 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 gotta earn it. Like, to me, the leader had to be the manager. The leader of this book club he had, he, he is going to be Griffo. nobody out. I will talk to uh, like, what's a leader? What's what's the guy go, come on guy, let's go. In this school. Pff, that's not leader. Leader had to be the, the 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 key, the guy and the people when he says something, everybody shut up and listen to it. Uh Harold Baines. Harold Baines don't say anything. Nothing. And hero Bain, just to see you, look at you in the eyes, he was leading. He was a, the great leader. Why? You know not have to talk, he just started to see you. That's it. Robin Ventura, very quiet leader. Me, very vocal leader. Very vocal. Very vocal, What's different type of leaders? And I think right now, I don't think the White Sox have a real leader. I think the reason Link, people think, people think he's the leader and play think the leader because he's the one with more years in the big league, this man is six, seven, seven hundred pounds. Oh, yeah, you are the leader, buddy. You know what I mean? That's that's, that's the way Jean-Marc Dad was a leader, but Jean-Marc Dad was a pitcher. Frank Thomas never was a leader. You know what I mean, I can say guys like you know, Paul Conurco, big time leader. Um uh, uh Mark Burley, it's it's different type of leader. You know, when we have a Cal Everett, when he comes to the White Sox, God, everybody thought he was gonna be the leader because he's a fighter. Everybody scared him. He was he was like number 30 in, in our leadership. And I think the leader of Chicago White Sox, he had to be the manager, Griffo Pedro. And that's it. Everybody out there is a player, is uh is a guy. We need you to play good, and we need to play the way you should be playing. That's it. You don't have to play, You just play play hard. Play, go there and bust you. You know, run the base hard, but don't say, "Oh, wow, my God, we play hard." No, you don't. Just play right, man. When you play right, that means you're playing hard. That's easy as that. You play right, you—that's mean you're playing hard. That's that's all. It, that's all it is.
1: We got a question on YouTube. Uh, someone's asking: Is the lack of leadership what's holding back this White Sox team?
4: <clears throat> no, our lock is. You know, I mean, what you know, what the White Sox hold this team? Three things they do not play the game right. They don't try to move the guy over. they do not try to hit, hit behind the hitter, behind the runner. They know, you know, I mean they don't make they not turn the door play when they have to. They miss the missing cutoff man. Uh, what I can see uh, pitching, the, our pitching the or pitching style thing is a great pitching style, but when you go fight innings every game, you look around the, the white socks whooping last couple of years, nasty. Oof. But they had to use them so much. I told you slack. I said, Oh, wait, wait till July. Boom, bingo. July, everybody's down. And I think I think they want to strike out people, maybe, because they have a great All style starts pretty good. It had been the that potential. No. Nope. When I see C's, my favorite player, White Sox player, my favorite, him and and, and, and the third baseman Moncada, They're my favorite players in that ball club. When you see those kind of pre-five innings, 110, 120 features, five innings and two-thirds, six innings you know what? It to last too long. You need two, three guys go seven, 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 and and and, and all the so stuff gonna get together, it's gonna be better. But if they know how, if the pitching staff, they're starting pitching, no one more five innings, more than seven innings, they need that. They don't need a leadership. Leadership comes with winning. And I think the leader of this ball club this year is gonna be Pedro Grifol. And I hope they let him lead, let him do what they're supposed to do, and this ball club is gonna change completely everything. You know, listen. First time Tony come in town. Oh, TA not like Tony. I say that because TA, you know, talking about something with the with the with with the race and shit and races and shit. I said, why TA like to have Tony? Why Tony had to like TA? Okay. Oh, oh, we bring a Latino guy. Well, Tony is Latino. The guy left. The guy left. Uh, they got fired. It was Latino. You think because you gotta bring uh, a guy from Venezuela? I, I, pff, you know how many problems I have with Venezuelan players. Like, That's not me anything. That's not not me anything. My first problem I have was Mario Doñez, Venezuela. Now nowadays a good friend of mine, but not because you say, hola, cómo está, está bien, todo bien, chévere, chévere. Oh, he gotta help. No, no. No, it's not. Ne- never, never, never happened. Never will. Look at the Latino players in, in uh, the New York Mets, the body, the body Mets. They had like third, the twenty-five Latinos. The manager was Latino. Look at what they did last place. To me, not because you, it's, it help you to speak two language. It help the manager to speak the language. But it, it got to help these bokkers. You don't go to English class. You play baseball. The only reason you go to have success not because you speak good English or bad English. It's just because you're winning. They pay you to win games. Yeah, they don't pay you to understand what you're saying. That, that, you know, I mean, that's why I, I, I disagree with what people think about. Oh, it's Latino. No, I'm not, gonna talk, not talking about it before. baseball in general. Oh, it's Latino. That's going to help. It's a Latino. I'm it going to help. Well, my boy, Alex Cora, he helped the, the team to go to World Series last, last three years. same, same Latino. He forgot his Spanish. speaks Spanish the same way he was when he went. That's why I don't believe in Latino things.
2: Yeah. yeah uh, uh, Go ahead, Gonzo. I got one fan question from you, from one of our fans coming on later, later in the show. His name is Ray the Barber, and he wants to ask you, which player on today's team would fit on your 2005 championship team, if any?
4: I can pick anyone. I'm pitching, the pitching staff is great. I think the players I like, like the most, I already said. Moncada, I love Moncada. And I think those guys okay. will play the right way. Why? Because... Any player you pick from this ball club, and you gotta talk, you gotta play with Conurco next to you, and you gotta see JD play next to you, Rowan next to you, they will kick your ass. You don't play the way you should be playing. They don't need me to say, "Hey, what's going on?" No, no, no. They will take care of you. That's why I can I can pick any players play right now for the White Sox because I know in 2005 there will be a different baseball player because the teammate they gonna have teammate they will make you a better player. Ozzie,
3: uh, first of all, I want to say thank you because never – I thought in my wildest fucking dreams I would be able to even have a conversation with you, let alone see you on my screen. I want to thank you for joining me uh, tonight with these guys. Uh, One more uh, thing I wanted to check in on. You said it best. This team does not hit behind the runner. They don't turn double plays. They don't hit the cutoff, man. One of my favorite players growing up was Jose Vidro because he did all of that. Very good fucking baseball player. Brought some of the things to the table that you did. I, I personally believe that the White Sox stop going away from Ozzie Guillen style of baseball players like you, Jeff Fry. They they don't uh, value that type of game, and that's why we're always going to be stuck right in the
4: middle because we don't have many baseball players. Well, you know, you know what's funny? Because I think I think without defense, if you don't play defense in any sport. You suck. At least golf, you know how to play that's why I'm socks, because in golf I know how to play defense. I had to be either <laughs> <laughs> less ball. But if you not playing defense in any sport, you're not gonna have success. You ball club know how to no they're not gonna have success. I think defense is very important. I think the people nowadays uh, uh, forget about uh defense, let's go by the offense. the uh, first time in my life, I got surprised. The kid from play second base for the White Sox, win the Golf Globe and next year he got released. Yomer. Yomer, you know, like. What a go glover? I go glove mean it's not it, it mean anything. I said, okay. You know you need defense. I when I talk to people like genius basically, you don't need different no the defense is overrated. I say different okay. Why well, you know let the cat then another team hit and nobody's on the field to see how many guys they want to score? You put the catcher and the pitcher. Go ahead, hit. We don't need different guys. Go ahead to see how many games you want to win. Zero. That's why I said you don't need defense. I don't see anything in Major League Baseball win without defense and pitching. Sorry. I know you need to score some runs. I know you need to score runs to win. But defense defense and pitching is very important. Guys, baseball is so good right now. Guy hitting 190. 12 home runs. Strikeout 270 times. I need got a new contract for another $15 million. Harold Bain, you think, like, how oh, am I going to come back out of retirement? I what fuck? I can't do that. <laughs> I can't do what he does. I say, hey, baseball is a lot better. Yes, but that's how baseball is, people mentality is. It's just, you know, I mean, what is this? What is that? Now they're going to change it. The base is on. They want to steal more bases. They want to have a strike. The main guy guys don't try too hard, try to keep people out. They try so many times to bring this baseball game back. The way it was, the better pitchers. Nowadays, you know, throwing 98, they do even, don't go to spring training, you know, what to make the team. How about that? You know, throwing 98, people like, what these guys doing here? Like, now baseball is going to change because so many injuries, people throw too hard. So people, I say, us, why people have so many R-prone, they throw too hard. And the this, this sliders put a lot of stress in your hand. That's why burley never got to get hurt. You know, all those guys, you all know, white and all those guys, they throw too hard. Obviously, they got it. They, 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 I think they faster. They don't know how to use it. And like I always say, I say that in the show all the time. I told or I told Chuck, say, fat people, fat players never get hurt, never pull anything, yeah. nothing. You look at those players without mm-hmm. <laughs> like the sick pack and all muscle up, Ground ball to say, base, gone." Oh, my bad my hamstring, my class everything that's why I think I think baseball players take care of themselves too much now um why oh you're not you cannot eat donuts well Pete Rose eat donuts all his life and he got what four five thousand hits. So, no everything is like oh we gotta this is the food we're gonna eat this is the guy we we're gonna see We not you know I mean that baseball changed so much man it's just kind of kind of weird weird situation because I think baseball. I, I like baseball now. I like baseball playing now better because they take care of them themselves. They, they 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 live in the gym. You know how many years I played baseball and never I went to the gym just to drink beer, somebody lifting weight, or because I don't need it. Maybe I screwed up. Maybe a ship lift weight, I might spend two three more years in the big league. But that's that that's. That's one thing I never, uh, you know I me. Mean? Uh, it's 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 a baseball preaching a lot for good. I know what it to say it's for bad. It's for good. And, and you know I me mean? when you're hitting one night, you strike out three hundred times, two home runs, and you're making that kind of money. God bless him. God bless him. Good for
0: them. Well, thank you very much, Mister Osugi Yang, for being here on the show tonight. The blackout being with us on our first show, the first of many. I'm sure you're going to be dying to come back and talk and talk Please. more baseball and have you Please. on. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, why not? I have fun. Your mom, your mommy just opened the
4: door, like, Oh my god, I said, You know, it's a show with the boys.
5: I, I <laughs> she it, asked,
4: hey. She asked, She's like, Who's the show with? She asked, no, no, like, Who's the no, show? No. Right. She opened the door, she's like, I said, Why you want me to watch a goddamn soap operas down there? <laughs> like, All this fake boots. And what fake was, it, was it called? What's what are you watching? The battle of the uh, bro? I'm watching everything, the house of the, the famous, house of, famous, like our oh, house of the famous. I watch everything, anything you want to know about Latino. TV, I can tell you right now we can do a podcast about that. All of the reality shows. <laughs> all the reality well, shows I got to watch it. Well, thank you for thank you for joining us. We will hey, thank, you visit thank you guys. Thank honor you. Good honor. Luck. Good luck. Uh, anytime you guys need me, especially when shit hit the fence, I'm good to have too. <laughs> <him, so. laughs> thank you. All right, I love you guys. Thank you. See you.
0: Thanks,
1: See you, buddy. All, right, all, nice.
0: all right, thank you guys. Thank you so much. World Series Manager Ozzy Gian. I think just say he's like your dad. Better.
1: Dude, just your dad. You know
0: what though? That's just weird. again I I got so used to when I was broadcasting and saying, like, oh, my dad made that call or my that like people understand, like when Ozzy talks, so Ozzy is very chaotic. There's a lot of things in life that he's probably not an expert in. But in the game of baseball, when you talk baseball to Ozzy, the X's and O's, he is very, very smart a genius when it comes to it, because I'm someone that understands analytics. I know what the numbers mean. And it's like putting something together. And Ozzy, there's things that he realizes, like many great baseball guys, that he doesn't need the computer. He could see it and say, oh, that guy's good. And then the numbers are going to back it up. And the part that he talked about, about that, I don't want to get misconstrued in the storyline is that, and he's in it. you guys are going to be hearing this throughout the whole preseason and the whole, I think when the season starts from him on the show is that he firmly believes that if Pedro Crafal and his coaching staff is allowed to do their job, okay, that the White Sox have a better chance than they ever did before of winning the division and winning a lot of games. What he does believe is that if the front office, okay, decides to give him the lineup and decides to tell him, play this guy and do this, that they will hinder the process because he does not believe that there's anybody in there in the day to day of the operations, that knows more than Pedro, so he's like, they need to go in and like just listen to these guys, and which is very unique coming from a guy that has been in the White Sox a long time. Okay, knows those guys very well, and from what he's heard, he's saying this is what we might need. And people don't remember when Ozzy came in two thousand four. That's something that the White Sox fans, especially the younger players, they think that they had Ozzy hiding in a closet. Ozzy played, and after nineteen ninety seven, Ozzy had no connections to the White Sox whatsoever. Like he became, you know, he played on winning teams in other places. And then his coaching career was not with the White Sox. So he was in other spring trainings. He was in other organizations. He had just been of a team that had been completely rebuilt and had just won a World Series. So when he came into the White Sox, yes, he had played there, but he was fresh blood, new ideas. You know, he brought in a coaching staff. The guys that had been there had not been there for a long time. So in that sense, again, I don't like comparing guys because, you know, that, that's just not fair. But Pedro Grifol brings that. Like he has, he has a fresh perspective. And that's why I said anything that happens in the first like year, six months minimum, is not his fault because this guy just got the job. So I think that that's something that when Ozzy wants to bring that, that this is the guy he got, he he knows what he's doing. Let him do his job. Let him fill in his own. That's something that I always think.
1: Again, from coming from Ozzy, is huge. And that brings us to Griffo's grounds. Roll the clip. don't have a problem making decisions I don't have a problem making a call on a you know on a on a pitcher I don't have a problem making a call on, on, you know on whatever our team needs at this particular moment so I think I think uh, catchers um, just over time making so many decisions behind the plate I think that's pivotal. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So as we get from one manager in Ozzy to the present manager in Pedro Grafol, there's been a lot of high praise for him so far through the first, what, 10 days of, uh, of spring training pitchers and catchers reported last week. Everyone's talking about the high energy. Everyone's talking about the communication being good. Everyone's talking about, you know, how concise he is with his communication that, you know, he wants the player's attention for 10, 15 minutes. They've got a plan. Boom, go do it. And at the, at the end of every day, after, Every workout, you know, everyone's happy. Um, the high praise has been coming from him too for a few of these players. Uh, he said Luis Robert could potentially win an MVP, and he said he's been extremely impressed with Jay's boy, Yohan Moncada. Well, I guess it's J- it's Junior and Jay's boy, Juan Moncada. Yeah,
5: he's
1: not
0: wrong. You know what? I, you know what? I I love that he's doing it. I think he might be doing it secretly, and and I think that these guys. At what point do we? say, what are you guys going to live up to your expectations? Okay. I think people are asking that question. Well, that's what I'm saying though. But I mean, from a manager, like, like I think when a manager, a manager could be like, I think that you should go for the MVP. That to me has like a, a, like a, like a hidden message of like, I think that you should be competing at that level. Moncada. I think that you look great. How come you don't perform for that? Because, Moncada has looked great in the past three spring trainings. Again, last year he got hurt, but it's like, how do you keep that consistency? So Pedro is constantly reminding them. And what I like about Pedro, and again, the dynamics of the former manager, uh, which was a little bit older in age, is that the energy is there. And I think every day he's going to be able to come in and be able to deliver that at 100%. He wears like a $7,000 watch, which I even love it. Cause that takes swagger to do. You, you pointed oh, that you out. A group chat I'm just saying, but I'm just saying, because <laughs> it's got swagger. And like, if, and you know what? Fake it till you make it. Again, he's going to come in. He's got expectations. And he keeps bringing those expectations back. He's not hiding from them. I think if Pedro Grafal would have been at SoxFest, he would have answered every question. Every time he's, he's delivered the speech, and he's very concise in both languages, I, I give him praises for that because he's he's handled some really hard conversations already day one. He's already been challenged more in the media than in the actual field. You know, the, the Mike Clevenger situation, he's handled it really well. Hasn't hidden from the, from the messages. But I think that that message that he's sending out to players uh, the Larry Garcia, he's here to make a team. Common sense tells you they're not going to release Larry because he's making 10 million dollars. But hey, that's it from Dallas
1: Keuchel, If they did it with, Keuchel. but
0: again, though, that's a message, they did it with Keiko. And your manager's right. telling him to the front office, he's telling all the front office and he's telling all the fans, Hey guys, I'm here to make my lineup, I don't care how much money you make. And that I respect because now he just put Larry on check saying, Hey dude, you got to compete. And I like that. We're competing, Colas, you got to compete if he plays well. And that's something that I think we, uh, as fans and media, we've handed these guys a lot of like, this is your position. This is your, like, they really didn't have to fight for it a lot of times and Pedro's going to make them do it.
3: Yeah. And, uh, you know, go back, going back to Moncada, it's like, look at the situation between Moncada and Jake Berger. Now we both know Moncada is a better third baseman than Jake, but, Pedro is the type of manager that will demand a type of competition out of Jake as far as, like, show me you can at least man the position. That's something that, you know, let's just take 21 and 22. Moncada knew he was the starting third baseman every fucking day without anybody else opening his mouth and reassuring that. Now, I think uh, Pedro's putting the players in a position to be like, all right, now it's time to get your ass back to work because now your contract – doesn't solidify your position anymore. And we just got done, you know, discussing that with $10 million Leary legend.
1: So but to me, I this think it's could
3: tear some stuff up.
1: It's almost unfair to Griffal though, that, and the eyes of the fan base, a lot of people think he's the biggest off season addition that this team had. And
0: they shouldn't be, he shouldn't be, they should let him but do that's his That's the
1: problem is that that's what the, the front office has essentially put him in this position we saw, I think Dylan Cease was on with, with Chuck on the podcast talking about uh, the new coaching staff. Hopefully, the the energy and the focus and the preparation, hopefully they get more out of the players. To me, that means that the previous coaching staff was failing to do so. How that was, I can't say for sure. We don't know for sure. But obviously, Tony and Ricky's staff both did not get the elite talent out of the players that they at least a handful of them have it's unfair to pedro grifol to now basically say you're a failure if this team which is essentially the same roster doesn't perform better that is unfair to him so i have a question for you guys how big so i
0: I was thinking about this because when i compare pedro grifol i compare him to like the the statistics of what what are the what are the uh the future's bets are saying So, like, right now they said, what, the White Sox are going to win 74 games. If Pedro Grafauld wins 75, I think he was a better manager than what he was supposed to be, okay? So I don't think the White Sox are a 90-win team because if then Pedro Grafauld did not win 90 games, I think he's a failure. Here's the thing. Could Pedro Griffal be a success and the team be a failure? I think yeah. so. I, I really do. And, and watching the situation where – you 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 have that show that we saw that, that you guys told me about you know the what pro- Birmingham project and you see all the guys that are here that you know that are the contracts are coming up that you know you might not resign. I really think that if if they don't start off hot to like compete for a playoff spot, they should move on. And they got Pedro Grifol, and he is the future. Meaning he is here for more than three years for because they can't change a manager again in like two years. Not not if they have like a long term process of what they're doing because. He cannot as a first year manager, I think that it's not fair with the current roster that he has to be blamed on oh he failed at winning the division because there was not that many roster acquisitions. There was basically three now. One came at the end, which is a veteran player, Nelvis Andrews, Benatendi, who is a, a good player, but not like a you know changer because they lost a lot of big names. And then Mike Clevinger, which we have a big asterisk because he is a great talent, meaning potential wise, but we don't even know if he's in to pitch. Because of the whole situation. So even the guys that they got have a lot of like...
1: While losing Abreu and potentially Hendricks. Well,
0: and Polak, Well, And Polak. And again, no one brings up the, the Liam thing because obviously it's a healthy situation. It's a healthy, Sure.
1: Not yeah, problem. obviously not something the front office controls.
0: No, nobody was controlling that. But let's be honest. Liam Hendricks is not... If he is not the best closer in Major League Baseball, he is in the top two, three in the American League very mm-hmm. easily. So losing him, it's really hard to replace, but it's one less body that you have to uh, count with. So again, there's a lot of things when it comes to the actual construction of the team that I did not see a lot of like additions to put it on Pedro and say, you know, it, they're not the San Diego Padres where they just went and got half of anyone who was everyone that, if that had happened. I said, okay, Grifal, you got to win or lose like right now yeah. because, and that was the difference between Ozzy when he came in as a manager because the Sox had never, they hadn't performed to their ability of like winning a getting to the playoffs, but he didn't come into a complete disaster. Griffalls walked like literally walking into a dumpster fire of a season. Like last year was a disaster. I'm just saying it was just a disaster. Like nothing went right. Okay. It was just bad from the beginning. It, it was just horrible. Injuries, performance, like any way that you want to look at it, attitude, emotions. Like it was like a really bad season for the Chicago White Sox. Probably one of the worst that I've ever experienced. If
1: Dylan Cease didn't finish second in Cy Young, like, is there anything really positive you can take away from? I, last I really don't, because in the
0: year before they had the
3: German. Well, two Sebi
1: hit three home runs. Who?
3: Sebby Zavala hit three home runs that one day
0: in that one game.
3: Oh. That
1: was two years ago.
3: Damn! See, that
1: I was thought twenty-one.
0: It was last year. Well, the- yeah. by the way, guys, the season was so bad. Okay, and I want to say this right now: get the air cleared to all the White Sox listening. Do not ask in any more chat rooms across the city of Chicago if T.A. is going to play shortstop or Elvis Andrews. TA Wait, people is are asking your, that? P, uh, where is he going to play? T.A. is your shortstop. T.A. is your one of your franchise players. Okay, T.A. is going to lead off until somebody else can take that job and then maybe they can use him as a run producer. But if T.A. is on one leg, he is still your shortstop. And that's why the season was crazy that, yeah, thank you. That's why, <laughs> that, that's why the season was crazy that Elvis Andrews, and Elvis is from Venezuela, guys. I love Elvis Andrews. He had like three good weeks and they were like, oh, Maybe we need to trade TA and let Elvis. Play. I'm like, I, I mean, mean, he I, had
1: three like outstanding. Correct, meets, but, but not gonna it's happen still every such day. a small. Yeah. Right, yeah. I'm like yeah.
0: this guy. TA has a like TA is like has the most value out of anyone on the pitchers because obviously pitching is more than baseball. But mm-hmm. TA has the most value because he's not making a lot of money. If you put T on the market, teams with shortstops are going to go get him. Teams that have like an everyday shortstop are going to say. We're going to try to get this guy just because he's so much. So that one needs to get out of the way because, again, I feel that Elvis is going to play second. He's going to be great. But the White Sox fans were so desperate that they were looking for, like, flashes of hope of, like, oh, we need to trade this guy. We need to move this. And, unfortunately, you know, because it was just a really bad season.
1: Gonzo, what do you what did you think of the Sox offseason? Well,
2: I to I'm gonna go back there, last year besides Cease, I think the reemergence of a setup guy in uh, Lopez in the bullpen that's – Huge emergence that they definitely needed last year with the bullpen. But that's not inju- that's not injuries. making
1: you a World Series
2: contender. I'm not saying that. Like, but yeah, it's a, it's a like, good The story. positives you can take out of last season going forward, that definitely helps you, especially with Liam going down. guy like Rilu, or Rylo stepping up there. Now you know you have him as at least a setup man. Does he have the mentality to be a closer? We have not seen that yet but I'm sure he's going to get the opportunity to do so. I think Grafauld will give that to him because I know Tony as manager, that's one thing I liked about Tony handling the ballpen is early in the season, he gave those guys the opportunities to prove themselves or not. So later in the year, he knows who he would go to. are going to have to do that same thing, especially with a manager that hasn't managed at the big league level before. Um, but besides Lopez, it's hard to even think anything else. I think exactly being Kopeck, I like to see, his first half in the rotation as a starter, I loved what I saw. That's a guy that, on a the stretch there, he dominated the Yankees and the Dodgers back to back. Like, if we get that guy for a full season, which you have to build that arm strength up to, that's going to be a nasty one, two, three with C's, him, and then Lynn. Lynn's a guy that from 19 to 21, he was inside young conversation and voting. So if you get those three especially if Cease takes that next step forward with his pitch counts and lowering that walk rate. And what we've seen with him adding a changeup, I mean, we can get on pitching later with Junior, but that's just – I can't wait for the pitching side of it. But to go with your question with this offseason, this is what frustrates me is because we've had questions at right field and second base for, what, three three years now? Who was
1: the last like really good right fielder that we were pumped about? Melky Cabrera. Oh my goodness. And they put left. Pauka, 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 Pauka. Uh, Yeah. I mean, it's been like fill in since, God, I can't even think of the last like right fielder that we penciled in every day and we're like, okay, we're happy with this
2: guy. And Hans answer to that is basically project Birmingham where we're waiting for these prospects to come up. But he has a really high confidence in the guy in Oscar Kolas, who I agree, my favorite prospect, my highest prospect. But for a guy that hasn't played that many games in double A, I don't, I don't believe he's at that level to get everyday starts in right field. But who knows if he'll tear it up the spring training, take it from there, great. But I just saw them talk and hype up Rome Gonzalez, but then they signed Elvis Andrews. To play, probably play second base because they're going to give them some time to get up to that level to play every day at second base as well. So I just wish they, if they knew that they were going to sign Elvis to play second base, if that was the project all along, I would like to see an addition in right field. I mean, I would have loved to see them spend money on a guy like Hanniger, who is San Francisco, pay money to play in right field. Have him play in right field and work up colos if that's what you're going to do. But even what we saw in 21, like Houston showed us that our arms weren't as prominent as the potential that we've seen. And we got beaten 21. Lack of offense, granted, but our pitchers, and granted, that was Cease's first year, but our arms weren't good enough in the postseason. And we haven't done anything since to get a dominant arm in that rotation to back up where we see our potential granted you need guys like season Kopech to stand up but I would love to see them this offseason buy another arm and your answer to that which Clevenger talking about his arm he's probably fifth on my list this offseason that number five I would have took a guy like I know Justin's gonna probably kill me on this but Sean Maneo you make me sick who hold up <laughs> Who had hold the up. worst
1: ERA in Major League Baseball last year, statistically? Hold up,
2: hold up, oh. hold up! You also didn't realize he got no run support in San Diego for like. Oh, he's going to get plenty the with the White Sox. Hold up! Now look, compare contracts. All right, look at what Sean Bonet got: two year $25 two years, 25 million. And 23, He's going to pay seven point five million, and now we're going to go with. Guy with Clevenger and, and pay him $8 million. Twelve. Put That's right, I, $12 million. So put his off f- the field issues aside, I feel a lot stronger with a guy like Mineo there, pay him that contract than I do with Clevenger. Or even pay an extra, a little bit, maybe 5 to $6 million more and pay for Bassett. Like, it just irritates me with some of the contracts of, we see this offseason of guys offering – and beating us, and I know Junior spoke to me about the Sox offering Rodon. What was it, five for 50, one fifty-eight, which was like thirty something million. That was a word. That was the
0: word on the street. Obviously, I think yeah. that they probably were getting beat out by anybody in the market. Which,
2: if that offer was true, that is more than New York's offer with the state tax included. Oh, did not think about that. Well, again, so, I think that with
0: Rodon going there, I think that it would have been like maybe there's some blood, blood. I don't know. Right, really and
2: I'm sure he didn't enjoy the front office side of how that situation was handled. But then again, even if you fall off the cliff on that target, you got to come up with something better than Clevenger. If Han is telling you you're going to have a championship parade in the city of Chicago,
1: I I hate the way that they I don't want to say nickel and dime, but like they'd much rather spend eight million on this guy and. 7 million on this guy and 12 million on this guy, then pull that all together in one really good player. How many times, like, what was it? Two years of like, okay, Adam Eaton got the same amount as Kyle Schwarber and they get, you know, they re signed for what, like five and a half, six million $6 mm-hmm. million. Like put together all those crappy contracts. You end up just cutting bait with middle of the season or turning out to be a failure. Pay that to like Chris Bassett instead of Clevenger Okay, I I like the Ben Attendee move. I think that's a really good fit. But there's other holes. Look at teams like the Padres or other, you know, the Mets. Obviously, they go out and sign anyone that they want to fill any hole that they have. Instead of signing these, like, short-term 3 and $4 million or uh, one-year prove-it deals, pool that money together, go give it to one player and say, we're good then that's where you can use your minor league system to add that depth or go so, get the veteran minimum to get Andrews or whatever to come and give you that depth when you ultimately have the inevitable injuries. So you I
0: think that – so number one, I think that the Elvis signing is because they're scared that if something happens to T, the they, that they won't have a shortstop, okay? Larry playing a short – I don't think it's an everyday solution. So they, they had to go get Elvis in the offseason because he solved that problem for them. They're like, okay, now they have a backup plan. I think second base is still going to be a juggernaut. What happens, but, but but Slav is completely right. I think that that's been a strategy issue, okay? Where they've trying to like instead of going and putting all their eggs in a basket and saying like this is our guy because they did a great scouting and they said we're going after him, kind of like a Grandal move and saying this is our guy, we're going yeah. after him, we want to solidify a position, and and stay that way. They try to fix little problems by by not acquiring the right the right guy. So you you're like literally replacing the same. I, I, there's a guy that no one talks about, uh, Davis Martin. Okay. Um, a guy that I, I don't know why no one talks about him. I guess he's not as good looking as Michael Kopech or his uh, his movement of his balls not as great or doesn't throw as hard ball. as Crochet. I'm just saying, though, he throws <laughs> as hard as Crochet. He doesn't have but, the stuff. Well, I'm just he saying did. he doesn't have the stuff. But again, he's not that impressive. But every time they call him up last year, I'm always a big believer of, like, what can a guy do in the big leagues? And that's the only reason that Oscar worries me because Pantera destroyed minor league baseball. It wasn't even fair. He struggled in the big leagues after a little bit. So Colas is going to have to make that adjustment. Davis Martin coming in as a first year guy, just kind of thrown into the mix. Looked at times just like just as bad or just as good as guys that we have high praises for, no matter what. So when you have a guy like that, you're know, okay. You're going to go spend, and not only spend, they set the market for Clevenger, which is that something I think they shouldn't have done. They went and said we're going to give you twelve million. We set the market for everybody else. There was like no negotiation. I think they went way too early in on that one. I don't know why because they weren't that desperate for a fifth starter because. Not only do you have Martin, which throw, just showed you to pitch in the big leagues, you also have crochet coming back. So in that We're sense, coming of off like,
1: Tommy John to try to put correct. him in the rotation. But, like but I'm saying though, like you had,
0: a... but, but I'm saying like you could you could have thought like long term because Clevin obviously, true. with a 12-year deal, million dollars, they're thinking like he's gonna be here more than than one season. So I don't know why when they when they do that strategy about like drafting and developing, there's teams that say, okay, we we develop pitchers, Cleveland, and then we trade for hitters. Okay. What's the White Sox strategy? Like, do we develop pitchers? Do, do we develop hitters? Like, what, I, when I look at the White Sox, like, we, we went from, like, a little bit old school to, like, now we're going to, like, this analytical world of, like, we're going to see Tampa type of moves where the closer goes in. And, like, like, we need an identity. And whatever that identity is, it has to happen from, like, the acquisition and the development of players. Like, who do we develop? Like, right now I feel like we only develop second basements because our list of infielders, middle infielders, is like everyone in the minor leagues, but I'm like, who's the main yeah. catcher? Who, so, like, the, there's no balance. So, like, there's nothing that I can say, hey, i trade you. The only reason the Cubs got rid of Dylan C's uh, is because they built pitchers. Yeah. Pitchers could definitely get traded there because they had a lot of them. Obviously, they probably got rid of the guys now that they like, man, I wish we had that guy back. But they, but, so when you build your systems, it's like, I know I'm going to keep some guys, but I'll trade the others for, again, those big pieces. And then I'm going to save some money on big key guys to like kind of place yeah. the holes. Of what's my core. The White Sox, again, I don't know why they cannot be able to do that. And, again, I I, I really hope that if they had put all those money to get all that those little times where, like, the Melkies and, like, those little mini contracts they put in, I think it would be time to sign, like, a, just a big-name free agent and just ride with that. Well, would have we had our happen.
3: fucking chance. We had our chance, Junior, when Marcus Simeon hit the market again. That would have solved damn near – 80% of our issues besides trying to figure out where we're going to get. 100%. He be, would, would Marcus Simeon, t-
0: would he be your second baseman or shortstop? Again, he could probably be your second baseman right now every day. Second that would have been, sure. yeah, yes. It would have been no problem. You never back, look for another up. one.
5: Yeah. And here's the
0: thing. And TA, if you get rid of TA, which is a TA conversation, again, no one wants to talk about it because it's early in the year. But if TA is in their future, I hope that they're talking to him to extend it. Because the last thing that they need, because if they want to win a World Series or they want to get into the playoffs, that means that TA is at his level. Because so I don't think this team can win without TA being TA, with being one of the top players. If he if TA goes in and has another great year, meaning I'm in the top 15 conversation of MVPs, batting title flirtation. Now with the base stealing situation, TA could steal 20 plus very easily. Now his his money is just like his stats are just getting bigger. So if you're not if you're not thinking about re-signing him, like what's your next move? Like, that, they are got to start thinking about that. And, and Simeon's would have been somebody like, you let T.A. go, Simeon's goes to short. So those are situations where you look at the contracts that I think from a longevity standpoint, it makes you think because if he is going to be the guy, you're going to give him 100 mil plus, yeah. that's great. He deserves it. But if he's not, what's your plan B? And who's coming behind some kid in single A? That's where I see the gap. I'm like, that makes – I'm like, ooh, that's a big jump from like – like I don't see, especially yeah, if you're trying and, to compete in
3: shortstop and shortstop is not like, you know, left field or second base where you can just plug a guy there. That's a social position in the game, like catcher, pitcher, shortstop, center field. They got to be one of the heads, of, you know, one of the heads of your team. So just letting TA walk without a contingency plan, that sounds like a fucking disaster.
1: I, I would have Marcus Simeon would be a very good fit, obviously any quality second baseman. To me, like if you're gonna spend, I'd mu- like. To me, it goes back to Machado. Don't go in there with this. All oh, incentives and blah blah blah. Look at what happened now in San Diego. They didn't want to match that price. Now he's opting out, and that deal looks cheap as hell compared mm-hmm. to what Trey Turner just got. Compared to what Dansby like the 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 contracts are only going to get higher and higher and more expensive and more expensive. So if you have to bite the bullet for five years and the player opts out after three or whatever, chances are in three years, it's still going to be an affordable deal, which is why they're going to want to opt out. That is a failure again, kind of along the same lines, like stop nickel and diming and taking all these risk chances on, you know, veteran players and Oh, maybe he'll get healthy and maybe this, maybe that go get someone that you know is going to rake. Manny Machado would have been that guy like Marcus Simeon. Yes, I'd much rather sign a guy than have to trade assets, prospects, whatever for him. But don't spend just to spend. Like, I think in retrospect now, the Grandal deal, there's a lot of people that don't really love that deal. Right now, the fact that Andrew Benatendi is the highest contract you've ever given out in franchise history is a, it's a, it's, Like, hello? It's mind-boggling. The Mets, the Padres, the Dodgers, all these other teams, the Yankees, obviously. They have, like, nine guys that have had contracts larger than Andrew Benatendi on the same team. Stop nickel and diming and go, like you said it, Grandal, that was their target. That was their guy. And it was the highest contract that they'd ever offered to a free agent at the time. But it was still a cheap contract. Yes, he's had injury issues. I personally think he's going to have a bounce back year if he can stay healthy. And I'm so tired of saying, if he can stay healthy, why like get more depth, get quality depth. And the development thing, like you said, Junior, like, why do other teams withstand injuries better than the White Sox? Because they're yeah. not developing. Like, Do they have an identity as a franchise? And that's part of the, I don't want to say a failure of the rebuild, but when you blow it all up, you're taking everybody else's parts and things that your scouts like and things that you think you can bring to a major league team. But on this roster in 2023, how many guys are homegrown White Sox talent that they drafted, developed, or signed internationally and developed? Luis Robert? Andrew Vaughn? T.A.? T- Tim Anderson? Tim Anderson, yes. Sheets? He's not playing every day. Well, I mean, he might end up playing right field if Colas. Well, – I mean, I'm just saying
0: like, I, he's on the roster, but you, you're not because, again, Moncada's not. Moncada's a trade – Eloy's a trade. Caesar's a trade.
1: Exactly. Those uh, are are not white. Like the White Sox didn't develop those guys. Moncada came in. He raked at AAA for however long, like made baseball look like the easiest sport in the world. And then he came to the big leagues. Eloy, that's a Cubs player that was developed by the Cubs. And how many people were clamoring for him to be in Major League Baseball earlier than he actually was? Like it's just a failure from the top down to. For multiple things, like what is your identity in developing a team? Like the Cleveland Indians, like you said, or the Guardians, sorry, dang, that's five bucks. Um, like they have they're going to develop their pitching and they're gonna to try to piece together an offense and play solid defense. That's their identity for years and years and years. We knew exactly what the twins were gonna be. Somebody gets hurt, some fucking schmuck from triple A comes up that you've never heard of, and he hits three ten. Like it's just so frustrating that the White Sox cannot be that franchise. They, they, it, it seems like they will never be that model franchise. And you said the other day though,
0: like Cleveland has the advantage again in Twins, like in the base pads, like with this new rule change. Oh, again, the, the, Billy they, Hamilton.
1: They, they, I'm, I'm saying on the, I'm just be saying starting though, in right
0: field. So, so he that I, if your team, and this is when we hit the home run conversation. Don't make okay? that face. No, no, I'm saying like your home run conversation. Okay, if you have a roster and you don't have the big boppers. And it's like they're potentially big boppers. At what point do you make an agile move and say, "Okay, guys, we're not going to chase the home run. We have this new rule shift change. Let's let the home runs come when they come. We're literally going to try score as fast." That's what Menachino
1: said last year. He literally said, "Fuck the home runs" in a press conference.
0: No, no, no. But you don't say. You don't say. I'm not saying you don't announce that at all. You're just saying. Well, he's an. He's dumb for doing that. (laughs) I'm just saying as a as a as a team. Meaning, and I'm not talking about your hitting. You're saying, okay. We're not going to score three hundred runs, okay? Because we we're not we're not we're not we're not there offensively. So meaning this spring training, our defense has to be completely solid, okay? So if it is playing someone like a you know a guy in right field, okay, like uh, like Billy Hamilton, because he is better defensively, and you're going to get five home runs less from a, from that right fielder, but they're not they're not going to score you know fifteen runs off of you a week because of the balls in right field. Then you make that you make that change, okay? I think Whatever. with
1: these new rules, Billy can steal like a a hell of a lot of bases. Billy Hamilton gets on base; he's gone
0: again. You can pinch run him every single time, and if you cause two throwers, the ball, you know, you just go to second.
1: I mean, look, I, I hope Colas pans out. I, I personally don't. It's nothing against Gavin Sheets. I just don't want to see another first baseman playing the outfield every single. He's day. very
0: bad in the outfield. I love I love Gavin. I think that he was worse in the outfield than, than even Andrew. I think that his defensive skills. And again, there's just players like that. David Ortiz, there's just guys that have trouble with the glove. Like he is like, like Eloy is just a big guy, but he's not bad. Like the way he goes, gets the ball, he moves to it. I I, I, sheets. I don't, I think he might be a liability in the outfield, but again, they need to work on the defense because that needs to improve. And then fundamentals and how do you get that sound and say, and take baby steps. Like, you know, people want these teams like, oh yeah, like they're gonna come in, they're gonna hit 30 home runs. Like, like these guys need to get there and hit like stages. And then so when people talk about C's, like, oh, we need to take it to the next level. And gone, like, what next level? The fact that he's gonna win the Cy Young. Like, if he stays in the top three, I'm more worried if if the Sox this year say, okay, C's stays the same, even if he doesn't improve like one percent, stays the same, but everybody else kind of moves up a little bit, the team's better. They're
1: in great what, shape. What
0: you what you don't want is the Chris Sale effect. C's jumps to be like the best elite pitcher in baseball. And everyone either stays the same or digresses. And now you have Otani, Trout, Anaheim, where nobody grew at the same time. So that's where you're, you know, like there's certain players that are like, wait a minute. And that's where the TAs and the Cs of the world are like, wait a minute. Like I'm playing just fine. You got to look to the next side and say, dude, you're the one that's not playing well. You got to pick it up. And that's where I think that they're going to start looking at this roster construction and say, okay, who's making sense? Who's not? Let's move some pieces around and put some competition in here.
1: Yeah. Well, we've seen the stats the last couple of years. When they hit home runs, they win. When they hit home runs, they score obviously a hell of a lot more runs. But when it's the same exact roster, how do you expect to just all of a sudden hit 50, 75? Well, because because slap,
0: slap, because you have to get runners on. Okay. So if you got a runner on people are like, oh my god, the Skoposenic effect. Okay. You get on first base, the whole game changes because now you're like, oh my God, this guy's gonna steal.
5: So With these new get,
1: rules, a thousand percent, but, but that's not been but, baseball for the last but I'm 10 saying, years. But
0: just mentality wise, like meaning the socks need to get more people on base so they can pitch guys differently. The problem last year was, yes, they were putting the ball in play, and they're like, Yeah, they, they're like, but they were not hitting in counts. That you're like, You get a runner on second, you're gonna pitch different. I don't care if it's new baseball, old baseball, right. analytics. You start changing your game up if you don't have anyone on base, and that's where Griffall, I think even from those first post uh, press conference, the first time we ever heard him say, and I know that Gonzo started crying when he talked about the horizontal plane and all that, he was probably like tearing up at his house. Cause everyone that loves LA likes but he touched on a point of if you guys, if they walk and he got Moncada as an example, Moncada walked like what? 82 times in his, that great season of like cutting down on the swings and misses. Okay. Because swings and misses are great when you're hitting like 50 home runs, but if you're not hitting them, then you need to like get on base so that other guys can hit home runs in better situations. I think last year's White Sox would strike out way too much. Like I don't well, yeah. know what for for being such a for being such a a small ball team, like a lot of strikeouts. So this season I I would like to see for them to have success. If they can get on base, I think that they'll have better success hitting wise because they'll get to see better pitches. I think well, last year they that's why they had no shot. OJ, and you got to think about
3: it, too. Speed was not a White Sox element, too. So even if I did get a guy on first base as a pitcher, I know he's not going. So I could still throw my breaking ball in the dirt. I could still pitch to guys like I'm just trying to get a singular out. Whether you bring speed back into the equation, Slav, you're talking about Billy Hamilton. Can you imagine, like, you're going to get 95% fastballs with Billy Hamilton on first base because I can't afford for any fucking wrinkle to get away or he's going to be on second. Or he's going to be on third. It, it seemed like last year the White Sox hitters were hitting from a one-two count instead of a two-one count. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't all gas. Let's just go fucking attack the baseball. It was like, hold oh, on, oh, wait a minute, player. Let me, yeah. you know, the bogus-ass check swings, all type of stuff. So I think you were to some. I don't want to see Billy Hamilton in fucking right field. If I'm no, I don't home, want.
1: I don't want to see it, but he might be the best option for what they're the trying.
3: Roster.
0: Right. But that you need depth, though. You, unless Colas, number one, I don't think Colas breaks camp with the team just because of service time. So you need somebody there for the first couple of weeks. But if it's, hey, if we're think, talking
1: about service time, and you're talking about winning a World Series, then that's oh, bullshit. correct. But I, but that's I guess I,
0: But that's their bullshit. Like if you, if they want, if 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 Pedro Griffal walks into the office and and Colas hit zero fifty, and Pedro is like he is ready for the big leagues, you go, you put him in the roster. Because you're 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 hefe, you're boss. If you're serious that's, about winning, if you're serious a if you're serious about winning, and when they ask you why is this guy hitting 150, making the roster, you say, because I think that he is our everyday right fielder, and I want to test him out in the big leagues. But that's where the kind of like the, the irony and like kind of the hypocrisy of like the the socks. Because I'm going to be honest with you. When Ozzy was interviewing, that was my main concern. Of like, people would be like, hey, you want Ozzy to be the manager? I'm like, how not with this roster. Like, we need, there's gotta be, there's gotta be some help. Like, this is, you know, Ozzy's good, but like, man, like, you know, he's not getting the 2005 socks. Like, there's some things that need to be changed, but then they have great talent. But it was like, okay, if Ozzy gets hired, my whole worry was if he wasn't Rick's guy, you know, if, if like everyone wasn't on board, is there gonna be a struggle of, do we get Ozzy all the right pieces, for example? And then it'd be like this internal struggle again. Flashback, Ozzy fighting Jerry, Kenny and Ozzy trying to get maybe a player, and then like Rick doesn't want it in his little, you know, group. And it's like, again, Ozzy and Kenny versus the division of these guys. So that's why we were always like, everybody's going to be on the same page. Like, if one person's off, it's a no go. Like, if you guys, then White Sox fans need to understand this. From the beginning, the Gian family said, we, we, we put on the table canceling Twitter, no more social, we put everything on the table. But one thing was for sure on the side of the Sox was, it's gonna to have to end in great in like great terms and everyone needs to be on board. If one person is not on board, he's not the guy because what we had lived in the past. And the reason that we did that was okay, because we wanted all the, everyone to be on the same page. So when Griffal got signed, okay, I was like, okay, we're gonna see some moves. Why? That's your guy. So if I bring if I bring you guys, if any of you guys are my manager, I'm gonna do everything possible to help you succeed because I need to give you those tools. So I don't know if this was because it was a transition year and they don't know what they really have and they really want to test out what they have. But what they've all been saying is we're going for the – like we're going – our window's still open. We're going for the World Series. And we're like, ah, there wasn't that much of an addition to what you've done. So that's where I'm like – I'm a little confused on like their whole take because they have their guy as a manager. Wouldn't they want just to add more value to that? Like if – by the way, if, if Manny Machado does opt out of his contract He already said you would. Just like if it happens and he goes into the free agency, and the White Sox are literally a serious contender. They don't need to talk about amounts. They don't need to talk about, they need to say, like, what will take, what is the highest bid that you have? We'll beat that and just overpay because he's going to try. But at one point, you have to overpay because everyone else is paying around you in the Midwest. It's like, okay, I need to go and spend my 100 mil. So we'll see when that time comes. But we need to see how serious they are. I think, for example, the Abreu situation, the only reason that I critiqued it was if you know that Abreu is going to walk away and you don't want him back, why did you not trade him last year and get something in return?
1: But how, what message does that send to your fans when you are basically admitting we're not good enough right now, but every single day in the media you're saying we well, have the talent why, to win? That's why you have to stay quiet, but you didn't know.
0: Did you, I, let's. Like I knew that they were, the worst thing that happened last year was the fact that they were still in it that they were still, like, lingering around and and doing the math because of that second playoff. And the part that I think is a positive for Pedro Griffall, and is the reason why the White Sox were lingering around is that we have this extra playoff. Okay, there are teams that might be better, you know, better fitted, teams in the East to be the wild card team, but you don't have to win the division in order for you to get into the playoffs. So the White Sox goal should win win as many games as possible. That's their goal. Not – I don't want the – if the White Sox – I think the American League Central does this crap all the time where it's like if everybody – if, like, the best team's at 80, everyone's, like, at 78. <laughs> if the best team's, like, at 98, everyone's, like, at 97. They've all played to their level. So the Sox need to just say, you know what, I'm going to win as many games as possible, and that way they can get in, into another playoff and see what happens. But I, I think that the from an offseason standpoint, I think they probably could have done a little bit more. I don't know. Again, I know there's financial restrictions. Moving forward, I know this is the beginning this year of, like, the Griffoia I think it's time, like, if they got a new manager, a new place, like, again, like, you just said, Slav, like, stop. I'm not, I hate using the word nickel and diming, but, like, put your strategy into one person. Like, don't hire five people to do one person's job. Just hire the best one person for the job. And that's just, like, in everything in life. You can get a bunch of guys that are, like, just starting out of your career, you know, and have it all across your company. Or you can have, like, one or two really good people that can do those jobs for everybody across. Again, you have to overpay and comparing it to the
1: real world. Well, there's certainly a lot of complaints about the free agent decisions, the trades, the front office in general, which leads us to the Stone Pony Tweets of the Week. All right, Gonzo, we, we got a good tweet this week that you found from our guy, Aloha, Mr. Hand. Uh, this is something that's kind of the uh, the voice for a lot of White Sox fans, the frustrations from the top down. Let's see the tweet. Uh, I mean, <laughs> and I think there was like a second and third tweet that added onto this. Bro, list. he
3: went fucking ham on Rick Hahn.
1: And I mean, it's fair. I think we're all on the same page that there's some shortcomings, certainly. But like, look at this list. You let a Bray, you walk, fan favorite, okay, quote unquote leader, you get nothing for him. Socks Fest, no go. All these other teams, including the team on the north side, brought back their fan convention. Socks did not bring back Socks Fest. Mike Clevenger, okay, when that signing happened, okay, it's a chance, blah, blah, blah. He's got a history. We know he knows the Yale Central, yada, yada, yada. What's happened since then? Different story. Parking prices, ticket prices you know now with number five the answer is to bring back elvis andrews and play second base like we still don't really know what the situation is in right field um the last question there at the bottom of the tweet how in the world do you think this is a good approach to regaining fans trust this is this is essentially white Sox fandom right now in a nutshell there's a lot of frustration he what do you think
0: is that, is that a real person or was it like yes. a, a yeah,
1: yeah, he no? did. Uh, he did the uh, like the the hot dog contest challenge or something like last year or two years ago. Do you guys remember this? He ate like uh, a thousand hot dogs in a week or something crazy like that. It, it, it go back and I'm sure you can find it on his Twitter. Yeah, yeah
3: I've I'm, 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 met i met Mr. Hand. He's fucking real. He's not like Santa Claus, OJ. Okay,
0: <laughs> no, I'm just he's saying though because again, it could be a burner. I I, I think that you know nah, he's a real that, dude. No, so the, the part, again, you could be, there's a part right now where it's kind of concerning because as a fan, you can be mad. You're always going to be mad, I think, at, at your team's roster. You could always improve it. And I say this because I'm a huge soccer fan and my team has won gazillion championships and I'm always, and it's at realm I'm always bitching about.
1: I want, big I want win it. today. Thank huge, you for beating huge. Liverpool. Yes,
0: humongu- Liverpool. Humong- humongous win again, but again, I, I, we always expect more. So I, I get that. And, and I think that's just energy, but the the part where it's getting concerning is when well, you start taking things away from fans that you can control, okay? So the north side, you hear about ticket prices getting lowered, and then the south side ticket prices are going up. So now you have this battle. I think now with social media, you got people sharing, you know, what they send to fans for season tickets and and what did my salesperson tell me on this call? Like, I never thought that I would see that. People are sharing that. Uh, people are talking about the raise... You know, the ticket pricing, they, they raise the parking. Like people that own season tickets are like actually opening up the, the just the Pandora's box, like of stuff that I don't know about because, again, I don't, again, I never really had season tickets. So it doesn't really concern me on that much. But people are sharing like how much they spend, which bless your heart if you're a season ticket holder. Like that's amazing. That's a lot of money. But people are getting mad at that. And then you go ahead and I had no idea that White Sox Fest was this big of a deal. I, I swear to God
1: that you go ahead You've and- You've been there, man. You see how no, crazy people No, 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 but, but
0: i but I've been there, but I always felt like it was the same. Like, I always, I took it for granted how much people really loved it. Like, I always thought it was like, oh, yeah, like, it's like a, like a feel-good thing. Like, okay, well, if we have it, we have it. If we don't, like, people were very pissed about, like, not having it, because I also think that it's, like, one of the only times, in which somebody tweeted this at me, where the fans actually get to face, you're, you're, you're face-to-face with the people that you're spending money with. In reality, you know, you get the the, the conversations and you're talking. So it's like a, it's like an appreciation type of thing that we're doing this for you. I think it was a huge mistake, you know, not having it, because I think Pedro Graffaut would have been great. I think he would have been a great person to have to talk in front of the fans because I really believe that he brings that positivity. Um, because I think that with Rick Hahn right now, it's very hard to believe him certain things that he says. People are just like, mm, you're like when you're like BS, like, you know, you're like making fun <laughs> of him now. But I think Griff, anytime Griffall talks about, he says the same thing as Ray Khan does, but you're like, oh, okay. Like I oh, I like it. Like it's just something about him, something about his energy. You could have had the new coaches there. You know, you got you get to see cats again one more time. But you get the new coaches in there, you know, because they've seen when you look at the White Sox coaching staff, the guys that have been there had been there for a while. So, so I, this is probably one of the biggest turnovers in coaches. And then the guys they brought in, they have great credentials, they are great communicators. So you could have done a version of it. Maybe you don't do the, all the three days, but that one was the one that I think I saw the most people be mad about. But um, yeah, that was that was a that was a tweet that it was not more of like being a like a, just a wild. I'm gonna throw anything out there. You could feel that that tweet was thoughtful and it was painful. Like he is feeling pain for his team. That just that goes above winning and losing. What we just saw in that tweet.
1: Let's see that flow chart because uh, he's got a point like this is indicative of how a lot of people feel about this organization. Gonzo, like, what do you think with the front office makeup there, there's just been so much frustration and it's boiling over. And I hate to like, you know, like White Sox Twitter is just like, they're passionate. And that's the one thing I will give this fan base is that they are so freaking passionate about this team, about this organization but like they ha- there's problems and they have a lot of complaints right now. And rightfully so.
3: I'm not even going to tell Gonzo's he's mute. Kind of
2: yeah. No, I'm muted. I know. Um, I want to connect the two here, uh, with Hans, uh, tweet that we found. And the second point of his was Sox fest, which is what junior was talking about. But I want to back up a little bit. I want to start with Jerry here. Um, and there's only two things with Jerry that I'm like, that irritates me is one, the loyalty he has to his people beyond the time given that they should be allowed. Um, and then really that second part is complacency. And I feel that with SoxFest, I know me and Junior have, have had this conversation where he doesn't feel that it's something that's liked by the players and whatnot, but I feel at some point, though, if whoever you're talking to, your committee that you have put together, if they're not making you money, then you need to start over. You need to put new people in your committee roles that can come up to you and create a platform where, one, you get the fans involved, and then, two, you're making money out of it. And that's one thing, like, with Jerry changing over the Bulls front office with Garpacks he brings in AK, that's a fresh that's it's out of the organization. He brought AK from Denver and brought fresh just air to that establishment. Granted, AK's had no resources really in the beginning there, but in this situation, you need to start fresh. And like the Bears, they just hired their GM and polls. Now, what he did was he went out of the organization again and brought in Warren. And then Warren's pr- press conference. He brought up alumni five times. Whoever Jerry needs to bring in this Sox front office and this flow chart here, who I don't know how many of these people actually have baseball acumen, probably besides Guts. And I don't know Guts too well. So, I mean, Jerry Jr. can talk about Guts and Kenny Williams Jr. But you need to bring in a fresh front office, especially your committee, because, like, granted, the Bears, they just... Cr- went from their fan conve- convention to their Bears gala just for the players and just donation fundraiser, basically. But they, they're probably going to change that as well into something to bring the fans back into it with Warren being there as their president now. But that's something that I feel that Jerry needs to do, reestablish his own committee, the people, the old, these old geezers probably that are in there that he's been listening to for the past several decades and just telling them the same shit that compl- complacency kills. So, again, you need to restructure whatever event for the, – get these fans involved that just love and breathe the brand that you continue to throw out there. And we know – I know at this point, it's hard to say it, but really for Jerry, it's just a business. And I don't know why you're not going to recreate this structure to get you more money because – you got to invest in yourself. You got to put more money into this to win. I'm not saying he hasn't because I know with the money that he's allocated to Han, Han hasn't done his best with the efficiency side of it, using his money up. Now that is also on Jerry for putting Han in that spot to use that money on the baseball front office side of it. However, and, tw- and this is what we're going to get into with what Junior was talking about with the future here and allocating your extensions. 24 and beyond, there's a lot of cap, cap flexibility. So if you are not so fond on Han, you got to get him out of there. You got to say, fuck this loyalty. You're yeah, probably going right. to have to get rid of Kenny too, which I have nothing bad to say about Kenny because he brought a championship to Chicago. But you got to start fresh and really take off from there. I don't care who you have to bring in. It better be some baseball minds and what this current flow chart is that we see here. That was
1: uh that was Gonzo's fired up rant, in case you couldn't tell. Like
2: uh, f bomb,
1: yeah. I mean Yeah,
2: wow, Gonzo, you okay?
0: Somebody check up on Gonzo. Whoa, that is that geez. was hold on, hold on. Let me let me let me uh let me cheer him up a little bit. He's hot and bobbing. You like those- <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, you know I you know what I love I love the passion and gonzo. You can you can give Kenny, and this is I think from the stuff that I know from the inside, people think that he has way more involvement again, in the big league team that he actually does as a president. I think, again, he oversees a lot of this stuff, but I, this day-to-day is on Rick and his assistant general manager. One of the things that I've always said that I've always brought up when you're talking about the front office that you just mentioned is, when was the last time somebody got put, like plucked out of the White Sox front office or minor league system of like, hey, we just went and hired you know, this new up-and-coming prospect in the front office, okay, or this young mind of this you know, Jurshel, Jir- for example, is a kid. This is a name who brings up, who, who's kind of like, you know, there's been some good rumblings about him. Great futuristic, uh, right now. There's a couple. Uh, I think Jim Leland's sons with the White Sox. He's kind of bringing some stuff in there. I think those are the things that you need to have in a franchise that's positive. But again, I think that accountability. I think it's funny when you use the word accountability because I know Pedro loves it, and every time Ray Khan brings it up, it is like we need to tell accountability if i was a player i'd be like really i have to be accountable like who are you accountable to like where's so again i think that part is uh is very unique but it's it's i think people would like to see more franchise and even with even if it is more analytical like who are these guys can we look up them up like what what do they bring for value and i think that's an organizational thing too
1: yeah the structure from the top um man that's something i never even thought about it's a great point like you never hear oh, we just got this awesome executive or like this up and coming person through the White Sox system. Like I can't think of a single, like the last time that people were, I guess, yeah, Justin Gershley, people are pretty pumped. Chris Getz, like he's pretty well liked, but like could you see him getting plucked to go run, you know, any baseball operation? In well, the myth, any- the myth was
0: Rick Hahn was going to do it like three years ago. They told <laughs> everybody that he was the most sought out guy. And again, that's marketing and when people are talking about like, if you gonna like, bring Jeff Loonhow. Okay, that's your boy. That's I. You know why?
1: There's a reason why. Well deserved. There's a reason
0: why. There's things that he did that were murky. That a lot of teams must have been doing it. We saw what Mookie Betts said. But success wise, a lot of people's feelings got hurt. But when he went to Houston, there was a lot of that. A lot of people that had been sitting on their laurels. When you talked about something really good about money and SoxFest, there's players that love Sox Fest. My father was one of them. And I think that he's been able to make a lot of money afterwards because of the connection that he has with fans. Aaron Rowan loves Sox Fest. There's players on this roster today that love White Sox Fest. There's players that don't care, but they go. And I think that when you're signing a player, okay, as a, and Jerry used to be very adamant about this. I don't know how he is now. He would ask you how the player was in the community, how the player was with the fans. Again, Ozzy always scored very high on those. And, and I know guys that I knew that were great players that got, they were no longer here and somebody else beat them out because they weren't very good at that. Um, and we would tell those guys at the time, let's say Freddie Garcia, for example, like his first go-round, didn't do anything, you know, they're like, ah, if it was 50-50, it was like, he, they got to let go. When he came back, he did a lot of things. That could Those connections that you make with the fans there, I think that there's things that you could do and find out who from your current team and who from your alumni enjoy doing it and then bring them back and have them do different things. Like, like I, I feel like sometimes like the White Sox don't know what the alumni want, okay? what what are they willing to do with the fans what do they want like if i told joe Creedy, hey joe we're, we're gonna do a south side, you know pub crawl and we're gonna drink and hit up every bar on the south side and it's gonna be like the coolest thing ever he'd be like let's do it okay if i told pk that he'd look at me like what are you like what? <laughs> ozzy what like what, like seriously like you really like if i told freddie we're gonna do it he'd be like this is the greatest day ever so like, but th- does the front office know that? And that goes beyond because if they're going to consider this as a business, you can't say, well, we're losing money on SoxFest. Well, then why are you losing money? You're, you're, a, you're a professional sports team. Couldn't you find a way to make money, get better sponsors, like really make that connection? So I, I feel like now, because there's been so many struggles on the field, we're seeing that people are looking at other parts of the franchise and saying, wait a minute, w- why are we really doing this? Why are we doing a better job at this? And why how come we're not getting this? And it's harder here too. when You have the North side. Okay. And they're rubbing it in your face and they're having, you know, God, they had like 250 former players show up and, you know, they were do- taking selfies in the bathroom and, you know, everybody was there. And, and that's the thing, like you bring back, like you could bring so many guys back. Like people just feel special because fan connection is like, like it's not they say Ray Duran my favorite player growing up. I would have, most people would have never Ray was a great player, but who, who in today's generation from the younger kids, knows who Ray Durham is, but maybe Slop takes his nephew or a little cousin and says, "Hey, this is used to be my favorite player." That's what you make the connection. I feel like that's what's missing.
1: Okay, but why the, don't why don't some of these younger fans know about Ray Durham or who Ray Durham? Because was? we did as, a horrible
0: job. It, a, well, as, that's what
1: But the alumni, there's a the, to me, it's alarming that they don't want to be involved because they so haven't done because
0: they haven't done that bridge of bringing them back and saying, hey, we have a problem, okay, and dealing with it and saying, what's this problem about? And going in and making it happen, not ignoring it. And now you're seeing the ramifications of the effects of it, okay, of why? Why, why are other teams doing this and our guys are not? Okay, why? So like now people are kind of noticing it, because again, social media and more exposure. But like, again, Slavo, when people talk from top to bottom, it's not just top to bottom in the baseball side. It's your organization. Right. It's like, where, uh, and, and the worst part about it is Business, that Houston is so good. Yeah, Houston is, all of it. Houston is so good. Like we mm-hmm. won the world, that we both teams went to the World Series during the same year. Yet one team has gone this way and one team has gone that way. And that's where like the measurement in the last like, let's say 30 years where you see like, okay, we both were in the World Series the same year. Yes, the Sox won. That's great. But how come Houston is literally, you know, back on top in every aspect, money. That's not. That's not necessarily
1: play. fair. They the, they lost like a hundred games like five years in a row. But but is that what it got takes? Got a first so? pick overall every single time. Yeah, Whoa. that's that's a tank, tank, tank rebuild. The White Sox did a I full have, on have, rebuild. No, I don't think it's a half. When you trade, damn near everybody except for Abreu, that's a full on rebuild. But that I mean, that's it. Seems like that's just the way of current sports. How many teams can just hang around? At that elite level for a long period of time, the St. Louis Cardinals are one of the few. The New England Patriots; those are a few of the organizations that come to mind. It's hard to do in pro sports, but it's doable. You just got to right at least your
0: fans wouldn't be complaining. Now, I think that the dangerous part is the White Slot. The White Sox have always been the second place team. People are just realizing that now. They've always been a 500 team, and now uh. I think that the monster is waking up. It's true, though. I, I grew up with the White Sox. We were always the second, like, oh, behind Oakland, behind Texas, like pick a spot. And, and I've never seen fans this upset. Like fans are literally, you know how many times people have come up to us? So the number one thing people say, which is the dumbest thing any fan could say, we're, we're White Sox fans or we're Cubs fans. Like we know you're a fan. You're coming up to say hi to Ozzy. Like, you don't have to yeah. announce that you hate or dislike. <laughs> huge fan. Like no, I don't say that. That's, but the worst is that one's fine. But when they say, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm a Cubs fan, but I still like you. It's like, that's okay. You can be a cuss fan and so still like Asma. You're cool. We're just humans. We're just humans. No, but the part when they talk about now people would come back and they say, hey, I canceled my season tickets. And we're like, what? <laughs> like, oh, I'm only going <laughs> to – no, be- dude, that, that's concerning though. That is not That is. – that is – if I was a business owner, okay, and that is the feedback that I am getting as an owner and as an operator – and even as not, not even as talking about Jerry, because Jerry's the owner. If I was an employee of Jerry at that high level, okay, and this is what my boss asked me. Like people are talking, like asking former players, like or telling them, I canceled my season tickets, or I'm not doing this, or I lowered this package. I would be like my job's in jeopardy. Like that's how I would literally would feel. And that's the, I'm not talking about that everybody does that. We live in the Southside guys. Like we are in the suburbs, we're in Homer Glen Lamont that's like the oh
1: don't give away the locations now well i'm just saying i don't care
0: right? people get people you people just google us but i'm saying, in san like, diego yeah yeah <laughs> no but people but people like you can feel that the energy that's like what the like two years ago it was like we're so positive you know we have this team and we're going all the way and it was like oh great that's awesome but now it's like oh i only the number one thing i like is the post-game show and you're like Like really? That's sad. That's sad. That's concerning. That's something that you wanna it's great if if you're
1: the producer of the show. If you're great if you're the producer of the show, but I'm saying
0: as, as a franchise though, the toxicity of like like the whole thing is just I think it's a bad spot to be in. And and it's very hard to understand because you got teams like Minnesota and the twins. The twins in Minnesota, the Guardians in Cleveland.
3: So that's four of the same team you just named. No, no, yeah. I, I, just, I, twins I didn't want
0: to say, say I didn't want to say the, the Guardians word, of Cleveland and the Cleveland, I didn't want to say I don't want to say the I word and put five bucks into the bucket. But no, I'm just saying, like you see these cities where they're not Chicago and they're not supposed to be big market teams and they're doing big market things, and you here as a fan saying, Well, how come I'm not getting this? Like Milwaukee, dude, like what's Milwaukee doing? Like Milwaukee was like a like the triple a city at one point we, we would consider them that and now we're like wait a minute what's going on like why are they getting players why not? Why, why how come we're not getting ramirez well no they're, they're,
1: they're about to lose corbin burns because well, i'm just saying no, but, well, after those
0: after those comments hit. that you made but again i think that the the energy of the fans i think it would have been a lot better if they faced the music in socks fest and just said hey we messed up it was a bad year we're here we have our new guy okay we you know we want to show
1: beniteni Look at yeah. our shiny Andrew Benatendi. Yeah, look at our
0: shiny – and no, and again, like, you you imagine, like, I'm going to be honest, like, as, as a baseball follower, watching Grandal in his videos of him working out, he looks a million times better. I'm not saying he might play better baseball. You look awesome. You can see awesome. it in his face. You can see like, it in his he face. He looks good. He looks the most fit he has, like, in seven years. Like, he looks really good. Like, he looks like 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 Dodger Dodger era. Like, he looks very – how is he going to perform? I don't know. But he looks like he – so that gives you positivity. Because when you're around, you're like, oh, man, this guy's good. And the other part is this, Slav. I always consider socks as extremely important because it's one of the only times that you can to bond with players as a coaching staff and as a team when you're not on the field. It's yeah. the first time that you meet players. It's the first time that you – you know, Anoska Kolas gets to hang out with Grafau in the, in the area and chat. You know, shoot the shit
1: like regular people. Just Shoot stuff
0: like regular people, the coaches. And it, this is a new staff. So you might go out and grab a dinner with a couple other guys. You might go hang out. That's the part where I don't think they really thought about that. Like Sox Fest, where, that's a lot of the connections. You know, people ask me all the time, like, oh, how come you know Cease? And you know Moncada. I met Cease when he was uh, the first year he got traded to the White Sox. He was at Sox Fest. I met him, you know, as this huge prospect. And we hit yeah. it off. That's how I met Moncada. Jose Contreras introduced me. This is my guy. And me and Moncada have been – know cool ever since but it was a socks it wasn't at any other time i i I even think it's more important to spring training when it comes to that because it's like the first time so i think they lost an
1: opportunity there we want to have the pulse of the fans on the blackout show which is why we want to bring in some of the fans some of the viewers some of the listeners some of the people on white sox twitter that have these complaints or concerns and get them involved in the show which brings us to blackout live Mm.
3: And we got the R and Ray's juke joint. My uncle, Ray. Oh, my God. <laughs> fucking honor to have you on the premiere show. Matter of fact, let's get some ticker going.
6: How you doing, Ray? Yeah, it's it's not even... It's my honor. Like, why are you even... You know, like, this is, this is amazing. Thank you guys for having me on your first show, your premiere show, the Blackout Show, Ozzy Jr., Slav. Gonzo, good to see you. You fucking scumbag. Justin, I love you. <laughs> Um, you know, thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, no, uh, no
3: doubt. And, you know, uh, with Bad Guy Radio and what we wanted to do with Raise June Joint, this was the plan. We were supposed to be an umbrella, a big tree, branching out to other Sox fans, other people who love baseball the same way as we do. And this is just one of the extensions. So, I mean, like I said, I I never thought I'd be on – Fucking a podcast with Gonzo Slav and and OJ right
6: now talking to Ozzy, but here we are.
3: Thank I mean, you White God, Sox.
6: That was that was. Thank you White. That was beautiful. I enjoyed every minute of that. I appreciate y'all having um, Ozzy on the show. Your first show. That was. I learned so much from him just now, um, and it was just it was pretty cool. So you know, you
3: know he likes Moncada, right? So we. I heard it. I heard it like chat. four times, and
6: <laughs> this is. You know, I, I don't know what you guys are going to ask me. I don't know what we're going to talk about. Don't worry about it. Well, I want to know
1: what, what microphone you got because your audio is like like pristine. I'm
6: sorry. I, I mean, send
1: me the link for the audio, man. I, Jeez, I, I that mic it. is.
6: <laughs> I'm dead
1: serious. That's so <laughs> I'm, good.
6: I'm gonna, I'll hook you up. It was and it was fairly cheap. It was fairly cheap. I love it. But um, man, uh, yeah, I don't know what you guys are going to ask me, but the the Mercado thing, I, I already started messing with one of our other buddies. Uh, Mac, um, he he he's like well, that's that's, that's Ozzy's boy. Like fuck out of here. He said he likes the guy. That's the guy, you know. That's the end of it. That's the end of it. Like you know, but it is what it is.
1: <laughs> so I take it you're a big Moncada fan.
6: I, you know what, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be 100 with you guys. I, I'm not a liar. Um, when he came when he came from Boston, he came to the team. I was ecstatic. Looking at the numbers, looking at the fact that he was like the number two. Or three prospect in the whole league number one number so one. number one prospect in the whole league he came and you know, you know we saw what he was doing and then I went and saw I was living in in, in Columbia South Carolina at the time and um, I was like shit dude let's go and we up to up to the, to the fucking Charlotte Knights fucking game to see him and I was like wow 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 look at this guy this guy is freaking he's a baseball player when you see him Matter of fact, the game I saw him play, they were playing fucking um, uh, what the fuck is his name? He, he's the quarterback for Florida, but he played baseball. Tebow, Winston. Yeah, so it was it was the night oh, against no, Tebow. It was the nice against Tebow. Oh, like, it was pretty. It was pretty. It was a pretty crazy night. But to see uh, Yohan up close, I instantly became a fan. Um, I thought that <laughs> look at Mister Haney, say
5: so he's real. Um, <laughs> he's real. And real. real, people. <laughs>
6: and um and and I fell in love with him and then when he came to the big club I was like, holy shit this guy is gonna be amazing both sides he plays a great third base so on and so forth and then he lost me and I was just because only because like the hustle the drive I didn't see it in his eyes anymore um after 2019 it was just like what happened to this kid like where is where is this 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 uh mvp candidate that was out there killing it in 19 and then he comes back in 20 and you know i I understand it's a COVID year got it so 21 and then you know coming from 20 to 21 we got the the music videos and we got all this good stuff and then i hear things because i'm in the barber world and i just happen to know you know run across his barber every now and again um and so, you know, I hear things and I'm just like, look at okay, cool. <laughs> I mean, I get it, you know, it is what it is. But at the same time, it's not just about none of that. It's about what he does on the field. Like he stays at third base, but the aggressiveness at the plate went away. And I was like, what is happening? Um, and you know, it is what it is. I hope he I hope he turns the corner. He'll get me back quick because he's a talented motherfucker, but you know, it is what it is.
0: So Ray, I, I like what you're so you're the first person. Again, that's why I wanted to have fans on. I, I wish that I, I could – if I was drawing Moncada, I would want to listen to that from the fans. Yeah. Because you saying that you went and saw him in Charlotte, that you were just so inspired. And now oh, that he doesn't hammer. have that look in the eyes, I think that's what – he needs to find that in him again. And that's something that you need to either do it for the fans or not. So that makes sense because you're just not saying, oh, he's sucks. You're saying he plays well, he's got you back. Like you, you still believe that he has the talent. So I Absolutely. think – Something that these guys, especially John, really needs to tap into because you saw it, and I saw it. So it's like, when is it going to get lost? So I, I, I commend that. I, I, I you can you can definitely critique him, and again, I feel like when is he going to be accountable? So I definitely agree with you on that. Yeah, issue. I
6: think I went. I think he went two for four that night, and one of the one of them bounced off the wall, um, like in in like left center. No, it was right center. He hit it from the right side. It was it was right center, and it bounced off the wall. And and when it hit off the bat, it was like holy shit, that's gone. But it off the wall, you know. Charlie got a nice little wall back there, um, on the in the right in the right field. I mean, in the left field, it was a left field wall. So they got a nice little wall right there. Hit off that, but I thought it was gone. But you know, so he had me right then and there. So yeah. he
1: made minor league baseball look easy. It was like he made triple A look like he was playing against teenagers.
6: Hey Slob, I think, um, I think he went up probably, uh, I would say a month after I saw him. Okay. Yep. And then yeah, yeah. I-, I mean, I
1: remember on the show we were all the team sucked. So all we were doing was showing minor league highlights on the pregame show and the postgame show, and it was like every day. Makata three fifty seven average, double, walk, extra base hit, home run, RBI, stolen base, great play. At you know, I think at the time he was at second in, in the minors. He was at
5: second.
1: Yeah, and then it was like the next day, three sixty one average. Then the next day, three seventy nine. I'm like, damn, this guy's just like. And Robert did the same thing. Like mm-hmm. they made minor league baseball look so easy, but I, it was funny that you mentioned, you said he lost that aggressiveness. They coached it out of him because at first wow. he was walking only and everyone was like, Oh, well, why isn't he swinging? Blah, blah, blah. And he was taking all those uh, looking strikeouts and everybody said, take the bat off your shoulder, swing the bat the next season is when he had that best season where he was aggressive and early in the count, he would look for a location, look for a pitch, and hit it hard. That's not necessarily his fault. What's happened since then, to me, that's the biggest question.
6: Yeah, and I think that, um, you know, you say he's coached out of him. I think that that's where um, – so so my story is that, like, I'm a, I'm a baseball fan. Like, I watched the game for just, – just to watch the game – and enjoy the the actual game of baseball, right? So then, um, you know, last year, starting the spaces, watching the game with the fellas, I learned so much. And I really uh, became a hybrid, like, of, of the game. So uh, I don't know if the guys told you, but, like, like um, you know, I just started running the space during the White Size game. We sit there and we will watch the whole game together and talk about it live, you know, And I learned so freaking much from Justin, from Gonzo, from other guys, um, you know, whoever decides to come into space or whatever while we're watching the game. Uh, And I became a hybrid of the numbers as far as uh, analytic, uh, you know, the analytical part of it, because I was a dummy with that. But I learned like how it works. Right. But then take that with my old school way of saying, oh, hit the ball hard and run and throw. Right. I, I, I brought that together. Right. So then you say coach it out of him, looking at um, where um, Pedro comes from, right? Um, like that's 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 his, that's his brand. So and then you hear the things he's saying. he's like, you know we're gonna play right, we're gonna do whatever. then you see the drills being run over and over again. You know it's for me, the coaching and and him mentioning Mancada you know returning his text and being available and whatever you know there was a point in time where somebody had to go to florida to find yoan Mankata and see what he was doing <laughs> we're not getting that this time you know what i'm saying so i just think that's like so you think a, he's bought in it's not, it, i think i think he's bought in i think it's night and day i think he's going to be I, I think i think you know if we can get i don't know i told justin if we can get 270 20 home runs out of yoan it's a success like legit you well, know?
1: well, if he's still drawing walks, like what's his on base for him to be successful?
6: Well, I think uh on base, you know, 3 340, 350. Like to me if
1: there. he's hitting 270, he's got to be 350 on base, 350
6: or on base or I mean, yeah. I mean, so I'm just I was thinking more like, you know, he's he swings away a lot. So, you know, maybe they take that out of him because who knows how they're going to coach him into batting this year. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. I just think that the, uh, uh, I don't know how I froze. That's crazy. <laughs> um, let me you look great <laughs> though. Oh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> but that's crazy. I'm I'm plugged in, which is which is nuts. Um, all right, let me see if I can. You know.
2: yeah, real quick, I'm gonna announce the chat for our giveaway question, and our question is: What is your favorite Sox player and moment during the Aussie era? We're gonna ask this question to Ray coming up, but. Uh, four of us are going to pick one lucky winner out of this chat to uh, send an Aussie sign photo giveaway to. So please send us your comments. We'll share them and uh, listen to Ray's answer to this question as well as he comes back here to us.
3: Yeah. Hey, Ray? It's great. Cool. Uh, well, it, I just want to say I wasted the opportunity to talk about the Sox legend Nick Swisher. Um, Jesus. <laughs> We got to take the opportunity. Like, Slop, why aren't we discussing White Sox legend Yerman Mercedes on the show? Are we, are, do we like the White Sox? Do we appreciate history?
0: As why a legend, as the I'm just saying, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, as a legend, like, like the German, I'm going to be honest, the Germanator probably had the best two months of any White Sox ever including the guy that he was replacing it was like three weeks three weeks but was it too much. was was it just inflated the series in anaheim well yeah yeah, he
1: did so good those first like two series that his numbers just stayed really good for a while as he got worse
0: yeah no good point but i'm saying but i think that we've again i think that he was a perfect example of like excitement with no accountability of like we just went and gave him the, the praise and the acolytes of like, this guy's the best player ever. And uh like, it, it's just, that's what, that's the, that's what I, that's the fear of that. Like they do that so quick. Now I don't know if it's just baseball in general or wide, just White Sox fans. That's concerning when it comes to that. That's why the, I don't understand the germinator and, and the obsession with anybody else. Like Nick Swisher played a full year. Like Nick Swisher contributed, you know, he was brought here as like a, somebody that was very promising and whatnot. I don't put those two in the same category. When anytime anybody says Germinator, like the legend of Germany, like like Daniel Pauka is on my, his, on my list higher of contributing White Sox players into Germanator. I'm sorry. Uh I mean he played more.
1: Guess, yeah. Pauka, Pauka hit 24. More. He, remember 24 when he months. was like the best pinch hitter in major league baseball he was. He
3: was I, I,
0: <laughs> Daniel Pauka is my guy. The year that he had when Great he came dude. off. The year that he had after that, I think he had like the 24 bombs and he, he went from like being a uh, like a pinch hitter to like an everyday player. I was like, I hope they give him the, the chance to play everyday big leagues. I think he's ready. And they did. And again, he, it, it didn't turn out the way he was. But I, I thought that he was at that level. Same thing with Diane Vesadio. So I think that back then fans were more like, I'm going to ask for two or three years. Had Daniel Palka played today, they would they'd be like, we want a statue in left field. You know, and that's the the reality of it. Like that's how crazy Sox fans are right now. They're so hungry for success that any little thing is like, ah, man, this is the greatest thing ever. It's like, whoa, calm down. It's like it's a marathon. Yeah. Chill.
3: Speaking of fans, uh, we got another fan here too. Uh,
1: apparently, Billy Hamilton's going to lead us to a World Series. Look right, at Tom? that. That's that's chemistry, boys. That is chemistry. Hey, the Greyhound in 2021. Sorry, Ozzy Sr. calls him the Greyhound. So well he's
0: by the way, but you know what though? Billy Hamilton cannot be hated on because when when Billy was there, they won 90 plus games. Hey, and he and, played and without his Billy they ass did it. ass off. And maybe he brings the energy. And this is the part that's interesting. Billy Hamilton is a player, and this is this is a fact because I've asked multiple people. I know people that have played with Billy, and I've met Billy, and he does give you that vibe and energy. There's players that bring other players together because he is the center of attention. You know, that everybody just comes to you either because you're funny, you're a clown. You're just that main guy, the center of attraction. Billy Hamilton, by the way, it has nothing to do with how good you are or how old you are. That's it's a just like an attract. Guy. It's a culture. You, you
1: And it, that's it why they like anything. Andrews too.
0: And that's why maybe – so there's guys that get attracted. Just the opposite. You might be the nicest guy ever and an amazing player, and you just give off the wrong vibe. It, I've seen both happen. Maybe Billy is that guy that he is – Comfortable with telling Tia, hey, man, you messed up. And then he's comfortable telling that the same thing to Grandal and saying the same thing to him. The worst thing that you can have in a clubhouse is, like, high school. Like, the dorks sit here, the jocks.
1: Segregation and gossip.
0: Segregation. And then there's no one that crosses. You need guys that cross over. The guys that are just, like, friends with multiple guys, like, good teammates. And and believe it or not, I really think that Billy Hamilton – I'll put it this way. I got two friends on two sides. I got Moncada and I got C's like, they're cool, but it's like, they're not like super close, but they're both cool with, 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 with Billy Hamilton. That tells me that like Billy's someone that's like cool with multiple people. He might, he's going to be cool with the staff. He's going to be cool with the trainer. So he's a guy that has everybody trusts. And when it's time to get serious, he can be someone that can step in and players are going to trust. That's leadership. Leadership is not how old you are. Or or or, or how, much how, many, you talk. how much you talk, or how much production you have. It's like if someone, if you're having a bad day, or you're having a really bad time, you walk into that lobby, and you know you feel horrible. It's that Billy's gonna be comfortable enough to go up and say, "Hey man, pick your head up." That's really hard, man. Going up to someone like Tim Anderson, you know, in a, having a really bad day, you you might not feel comfortable doing that. I wouldn't. Or or going to a big name like Lynn and say, "Hey man, you got this." Or being able to celebrate it. That's a very unique thing to do. And Billy, you know what? He might have that. I got to give it to him.
1: Uh, I do. I mean, like that tweet is obviously in jest. I don't. I I hope he doesn't have 600 at-bats this year. If he does, it's either because things went really, really well for him or very, very poorly for the rest of the team. Uh, I do think, though, and I agree a thousand percent to me, like every time I've seen Billy Hamilton in – the field in the white Sox clubhouse in the dugout he's smiling he's with a bunch of dudes like he strikes me as one of those guys that's just a culture changer and like everybody likes him and he you said has the respect of everybody else and since andrews came back two days ago like all the comments have been about how he is you know this well-respected veteran plays the game the right way like he just like he's the type of guy you want in the clubhouse not that other guys are bad clubhouse guys or cancers, but those are the guys that uplift everyone and kind of transcend, like you said, those little um, segregated groups. Well, but Billy,
0: Bi- Bi- one second. Billy's never been the main guy. It's hard when you're down in a game and you're like a main guy to TA to go up and be in the top step and you're like 0 for 5. That's a job for Billy. And Billy might, pre- Billy might help this team more by being around and making other guys better than getting 600 at bats. That's where right.
1: I think he... Sh- he- They need to find a way to get him on the roster. Correct.
0: And it doesn't mean he has to play
1: every day, but they need to find a way to get him on the roster. That's Liuri's roster spot.
3: That's Liuri's roster spot because you you don't need Liuri because he's flexible in the outfield and infield. You got Romy Gonzalez coming off the bench, so that's your infield taken care of. You got Billy Hamilton for the outfield. Like, Billy's a switch hitter, too, so you got the roster flexibility there, too. So who's Romy Gonzalez hitting?
0: So who's Romy hitting for or who's really I mean, running just for to him. come
3: off the bench, uh, just to come off the bench. What if Andrews or TA needs a day?
0: That's what I'm saying, though. So I, 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 really think that Billy's competing versus with Romy, essentially for the last spot.
1: I mean, Billy could be competing with Sheets. He could be correct, co- correct. competing with Romy or or Burger. Yeah. Like we, we don't know exactly what Pedro yeah, Gofman is thinking for those last couple roster spots.
6: But Ray, he's back. Yes, I'm back. Uh, yeah, I don't good. know why I froze up. So then I started good, panicking. Man. I was like. And I just cut the computer off. It was
0: Moncada. Ones. Moncada
6: cut it off. He said, "I am have had it. Is <laughs> that you know what it is? <laughs> you know, just you let him script. know. I'm sorry, bro. I just gotta be. I
5: gotta,
6: I gotta, be I gotta be me. I gotta tell the truth. I, I, you know, that's just one thing I do. But um, I, I was talking about Billy Hamilton. Like, man, that's crazy. I, I did. Just don't get it. Don't give up on Gavin Sheets. That's my thing. I said the same thing about Raylo, uh, and and look where Raylo is, um. Gavin Sheets, that kid has something. And I don't know if he's an everyday outfitter, but that bat, when he's on, shit.
2: Is he hitting literally? 30 home runs? Huh? Is he going to hit 30 home runs? No, I don't know if he's going to hit 30. You no, know? he would. If, if, if Gavin if, Sheets if a, played so every single be a day, as I said
0: did no, if Gavin Sheets played every day at the DH spot, Gavin Sheets would go deep thirty times. He might hit zero, 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 but he <laughs> has the power to go
6: deep
5: thirty. 30 I mean, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. We're just talking
6: about just power wise. Like he is probably, you know, right behind. Like he's probably number two after Eloy, just straight power. Like, like, like raw power. Raw power. Eloy, him, and then probably yes.
1: I, I mean Robert. 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 Yeah. Yeah
6: yeah no. i mean andrew, because, andrew's not
0: on that top five I, I, ta might have more pop than
6: him yeah don't, don't show us the two don't show us the poll so so Ozzy, am i am i getting a hint of you not really on the andrew vaughn train
0: no 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 i like the andrew vaughn thing i think that i think that he doesn't i think that he's more john overbrook than he is frank thomas i what think a he's not a great comparison I, I don't think i don't think that he's That's a power guy i think i think that he could be a doubles hitter and when you see gavin sheets and you see him in the cage he is a power hitter meaning if you put him in the lineup every day at the DH spot, he, he, he's Framio Reyes, okay? He might not help you a lot because he's striking out a lot and his defense is a little bit below average. And But when he hits it, it's going deep. Like, it, he's got power. So that's his main thing. Andrew's a way better hitter, way more. But I, I see things in sheets that if he figures it out, and that happens with power hitters because you just have to hit for power and just walk a little bit. He's got a baseball background, acumen. He, he hits a ball the other way. So that one, I'm like, if the West Sides didn't have the DH situation, like they didn't have to have Eloy DH, he would be a perfect fit like to for that spot. But Eloy, obviously, you know, you want to get him off the outfield. But that the the power numbers are Andrew Vaughn. I don't see it. I think he's like a John Olerud gaps hitter who can develop into power, kind of like Rafael Palmero did. I don't know how much Rafi would have might have developed without the enhancement. So <laughs> that's where I'm like 50-50 on. But I think like a John Olerud, like he could be a really good John Olerud doubles guy. I just don't see him as a raw power hitter. I, I don't. So
3: let me ask you this: OJ. a uh, John Olerud had two hundred hits twice in his career. He's hit over three fifty both those years. Do you see Andrew Vaughn scratching I could. a three fifty average?
0: I think. I think Andrew Vaughn. The game's not. The same. By, by the way, the game's not the same. That's a that's a very high average. But I can see that's Andrew Vaughn fair. being close to hit. I can see Andrew Vaughn being closer to hitting three hundred. And closer to hitting fifty doubles, which I think is amazing, than hitting thirty home runs. He wow.
2: was at he was at three hundred six at the All Star break. Yeah, right? he's, he's yeah, a three hundred hitter.
0: He's a three hundred hitter in an era where nobody hits three hundred. So like his three hundred six right now is like three thirty in you know in the nineteen eighties because the the averages. So that's what I'm saying. His his at bats are so good. I wish that Andrew Vaughn, uh, like Walter Rignac, I you know I said what do you think about Andrew Vaughn, he's a former White Sox hitting coach? I love the kid. Look at his swing. Look at his head. He has no training in the minor leagues. He's going to compete. He doesn't get beat by the fastball. You could be a great hitter and not have to be a power hitter. Frank Thomas is a great hitter. He's just built like a behemoth, and that's why the ball would go you know, home run, but he, he didn't swing like a power hitter. That's a different monster. He's in a... Miguel Cabrera doesn't swing like a power hitter. Andrew Vaughn could become that guy. A singles hitter that becomes doubles that eventually the ball carries because the cell's not that huge guaranteed rate, but I don't see him as a... Andrew, Sheets is just a power hitter. Sheets is just like you just hit the ball seven hundred feet. That's
6: where I see the difference. Can I, can I can I ask a question though? To the no, I don't care. No, <laughs> go ahead. Um, uh, so we were talking about um, Andrew Vaughn, and I, I heard you guys earlier talking about coaching and things of that nature. Um, we and we brought up um Mendocino, right? Um, so having Gavin, um, not Gavin, um, Andrew Vaughn get pushed real fast into the into the big league without all the minor league whatever he wasn't with um, um, Mr. Johnson down in uh, Charlotte a long time so on and so forth um do you think that his development changed from him being a slugger coming out of college when he got to us and then and then once again we come back and we go to Manichino who says fuck the home run and he hears that and so he's not hitting for the home run. Well, now we may be able to say, hey, um, Vaughn, hit that motherfucker. You know what I mean? Like, I don't don't
0: know. No, I think you're 100% correct. This is a difference. You know why? When you're in the minor leagues, Andrew Vaughn would have been the best player by, like, more than anybody. So he's developing at his own pace. Winning and losing doesn't really count in the minor leagues. The Mm -hmm. one's going to fire Andrew Vaughn as a prospect. So he might just be like, I feel more comfortable, and he might be taking more aggressive swings where – He's like not worried as an average comes to the big leagues comes in the middle of a pennant race, right. you know, in a, in the window era, everyone's telling everyone around you is like, you have to win. And he's like, I'm learning on the fly.
1: I might just want right. to get a cool. couple
0: hits. Like I might slow down in my development of power. Is Remember not he barely
1: at. had any minor. Yeah, he had no, yeah. so, so I could, yeah, see. Yeah, I right, could right, totally yeah, see right.
0: that. Yeah. I could yeah. totally see that. Like of him becoming, having to become better, a more of a, a singles hitter. Like I'm going to put the ball in play. Because I don't want to hit 150 and lose, so I will have to do everything to. Comp- and this is the other thing, the, from from his experience of where he was in college, so where he got to the big leagues, competition wise, it might just be night and day where he hasn't been able to develop that power swing yet, as consistent as possible. So you, but you're surviving. It's like work, you know. You don't know what you sign up for until you get it there, and you might have to like just figure out a way to do it. And he might be at that point where his development could develop. He could because he might get a little bit he could, now at first base. He could get stronger. He could get bigger. I love his swing. His swing's great. He's got a beautiful swing. I don't see a hole in it. But I think that eventually if he becomes that gap hitter, more home runs are going to go for sure. But a natural power hitter, I'm just going to swing. I don't see Andrew Vaughn striking out 230 times and hitting 200 ever in his career
1: just to hit 40 home runs. I I I got your Andrew Vaughn comparison. His career, I'm looking at this baseball reference page right now, Michael Young. Ooh. Ooh, that's a good no, Five or six too, seasons.
3: That's, that's too many good. That's too many hits. I don't think Vaughn got 190 hits in them. Uh, I think he does. If he plays oh, I think 150 he games, he absolutely does. I think he does. does. Think uh-huh. he does. No.
1: Absolutely, yeah. More than
0: home runs. I think he's got more of that than 30 home runs.
1: But Michael Young's career high in homers, 24. He had 200 RBI seasons, a bunch of seasons in the 90s. Obviously, he played with some really good teams. Career OPS, just under 800. Doubles, 35, 40, 52, 36, 36, 41. That's the type of guy that I think Andrew Vaughn is going to become. And I'm going to, this is, I'm going to tweet it out. I'm going to do a poll or we can talk about it on the next one. If Andrew Vaughn's career is exactly what Michael Young's was from production standpoint, take the position aside, is that a success? To me, yes. it's an absolute Yes.
0: Yes. Not, not the White Sox fans, you're going to be mad. I,
1: yeah, I feel like because a lot of they, White Sox they're going to fans are at it they're and
0: going, want, no, that's... They want that's... 400 home runs they, because that's what they want. It's the same problem with Moncada, okay? Mm-hmm. They want Moncada to hit 30 home runs because they think Robin Ventura and Joe Creedy were power hitters. They did not hit 30 home runs every single year. They had flashes of 30 home runs. Look up how many times Joe Creedy hit 30 home runs and how many times Robin hit it. So, dude, 30 home runs is a lot of home runs in the big leagues. So, again, he hasn't performed to where he's at, but they see him as like
1: this – 3D hits 30 one time,
0: 30 on the nose. Correct. 30 is a lot, man. So, if you can can get in that mix of like 23 to 25-ish, but you add 30 doubles and you can get the hits and lower the strike, that's a success at the level of defense where they're playing. Here's the thing. Andrew Vaughn, with all due respect to Abreu, he was a great first baseman. I don't think Andrew's going to have any problem playing that position because even when he got drafted and played – he, that's his natural spot. I think he's a very good first baseman. So what he what they bring to that level of production, you don't need somebody to hit 40 home runs. Like Big Hurt, breast his heart, he had to drop 40 wide. His glove wasn't that great. So you have to give and take. If Andrew Bonds can have a mix of that combined, he, it will be okay if he has Michael Young. Now,
3: spirit. now Slob, Michael
0: Young is one of my favorite players. I
3: love watching him uh, with the Rangers. I was actually talking to Jeff Fry on Bad Guy Radio about him. And the one thing that Andrew Vaughn has in common with Michael Young, the player, he always goes to the plate with a plan. He's always prepared, and he's that's a professional hitter. Yeah, that, and that's strange for a guy like Andrew Vaughn who has no experience whatsoever. What he's seeing, how is he adjusting on the fly to many different pitchers, There's many no different adjustment. sequences? There is no adjustment. No, that's I think his that's his just MO. that's
1: how he's wired. Yeah, that yeah. I think he. There's a reason he won the Golden Spikes Award. There's a reason he was, you know, best hitter in college baseball by a mile. His career, outstanding. There's a reason he was the third overall pick. It was a safe pick, but it doesn't mean like safe in the negative way. Like Lance Broadway was supposed to be a safe pick and what happened to him, right? Like he was a safe pick in the fact that you knew like mentally and physically, like you're getting something that's pretty close to a finished product. That's why to me, like, I don't think there needed to be a a ton of development. Now that's a lot of credit to him, and obviously credit to the White Sox. If his career pans out like we think it will, that's a that's an absolute hit. Because how many first round picks never make it to the big leagues or never amount to anything?
6: So what do you what do you guys look at when you look at Andrew Vaughn? Are you looking at advanced stats or are you looking at what he did for the last two years? Well, I isolate
3: it's- I isolate one, well two two stats. One is hard hit percentage. Okay. An RBI, like okay. Andrew Vaughn had seventeen home runs last year. That's a that's that could be very well a forty-five to sixty RBI season for most but a guys. Coach telling
6: him don't hit the motherfucking home run. So
3: how and so how is Andrew Vaughn sniffing out these extra runs? What does Andrew Vaughn do to plate one or two extra runs without necessarily a hit or one of those doubles that you guys
6: mentioned? He hits the ball hard.
3: He hits the ball hard and he stays closed at the plate, so he doesn't turn the head of the bat over.
6: That's what I'm. So that to say. keeps your
3: like, line drive. He, he has, he has a a, a
6: a crazy barrel rate. You know what I mean? Like, the, the guy doesn't miss shit. That's why when I made my lineup today or yesterday, whatever day I did my lineup, um, did I what I saw as far as what I'm thinking of, I had him at two. I had him at two, and I thought like, my reasoning is. Andrew Vaughn with T.A. leading off, who, you know, let's just say T.A. gets on base. What what guy do I want right behind T.A. to ensure that T.A. stays a threat on the base? Right. The pitcher has to throw him fastballs because T.A. is a threat on the bases. And that and that batter is disciplined enough. That number two batter is disciplined enough to take the pitches he doesn't like and hit the ones that he likes hard. Right. To keep T.A. moving around the bases. So just imagine a scenario. It's it's opening day, right? And TA gets on. You bring Vaughn up, right? And he sees first pitch and he takes it and it's a ball, right? And then next pitch is a fastball. Then the next pitch is a is a is a is an off-speed pitch. I don't think you're getting
3: past that first
6: fastball. No, no, but 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 ta takes off. He takes the base. Now we're at a two-one count, right? We're at a two-one count. Andrew Vaughn with a 2-1 count with T.A. on second. I'll take that every day of the week because last year I saw T.A. standing on first base way too fucking much. Way let, too me, much.
1: let me tell you why I would do Ben Attendee instead. instead okay. because that's who I personally have like penciled in as the number two spot. I think Vaughn can be that guy, but if in an ideal world, he's your number three hitter because he should be your best hitter because he has those tools. Ben Attendee, in that same scenario, Ben Attendee, track record, Putting the ball in play, smarts, knows Gryffole. Even if he's pulling it to the right side and T.A.'s on second, you're getting him over for sure. Whereas as much as I love Vaughn's approach, he's always up the middle opposite field and he stays that way. And like when Eloy is good, that's his approach. Up the middle opposite field. He's hitting bombs over the right center field fence. That's when he's like peak Eloy. Benatendi, I think, has the track record and – to scouting departments around baseball, I think he's maybe a little bit more of a concern than Vaughn is right now. Now that's not to say by June – that's like, not the case. But to me, that's why I think Ben Attendee, at least to start, makes more sense in that I saw
6: I saw somebody else say that uh, Ben Attendee, and I thought about it. I was like,
1: you know what?
6: Bringing him up, left-hand bat right there.
1: Yeah, righty-lefty
0: yeah, balance. You know, Benny, like, Benny, Benny hitting one. Uh, I, I got Ben Attendee. That could be the number one hitter, number one spot in the lineup. I, really? think, I think I think T.A. needs to be moved. So no one wants to do it. I don't think he's ever scored 100 runs. He needs to drive in runs. I think you put you put you put you put Tim Anderson with runners in scoring position, he will drive 90 plus runs. Oh yeah. I, I think he's a better driver than a better than an, an actual scorer. He's never scored hundred runs with a guy who drove a hundred. That's
6: runs not his necessarily career. his fault entirely. I got, Correct. I got, I got eviscerated for saying that TA can ab, can can up his average and hit more home runs. Oh, and also this,
0: if he would if he if he had a baseball acumen, and again, this is nothing against TA, he's not a baseball mind. He's not.
6: He's, he's an athlete. A, he's just a, a, a freak he's athlete, athlete. But yeah. it
0: runs amongst baseball circles when you see his ability. You're like, why does this guy want to lead off? It's one more at bat. This guy won the batting title leading off. You're getting one more at bat than everybody else usually. So that's – you do the math. That's a lot one of the math on top I, I of
6: that. Kinda, I kind of like where you're going with that, Ozzy, because like I said, he can – he's never been asked to hit for anything other than lead off. He's no, never he,
0: can, he, can third, he, he can hit third. He can hit third. He can hit fourth. He can he hit can fifth. It. He could, he could do all that, and, and, and him in a driving run situation, when he comes up with runners in scoring position, you compared his runs driven in and opportunities. Look at, look at TA's opportunities of, of RBIs to opportunities compared to him being able to score. What he, if, if, if TA goes and steals 50 bases, that's a different story, but he does not move as well. I feel like he feels more comfortable with his bat now, again, with the injuries, guys, his hands, again, we got the bigger base, which is a good thing. But if TA is a pure hitter, you guess what? You guys think you guys have seen TA swagger? If TA starts driving in 70, 80 plus runs and he starts getting in that conversation of the Byron Bucks of the world and like the big because again, TA can make leadoff money, but when you start getting in that three, four, five hole and you start thinking about, oh my God, I can really make that real, really big money. Okay, I'm making that 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 bets that now 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 this guy can see his potential that's what you should be shooting he's, he can be he can do lead off and be completely fine and have a great major league career and he'll be awesome if ta goes in and wants to take it to that next level again we might not be able to the socks might not be able to afford him at that point but he can definitely do some damage in those positions more than anybody because i think he's a better hitter than all those guys at this moment today he is better than pantera He's not better than you, but he's better than Pantera. Shows more maturity. I never, Sometimes I never they thought comment.
6: about it that way. But he's way better than all those guys. I never thought about it that way, Junior. Mature wise, that's pretty fucking.
0: This guy's a batting champion. No one cares it's about bad. the batting champion now, but he's been a batting champion already. He's not. It's not potential. He's like I've done it.
1: Okay, yeah. I've done it's it. 2019, number one batting average in Major League <laughs> Baseball. Yeah,
0: he's done it, and that's hard, man. Especially nowadays with the average thing. He's had injuries, but he's again, he's a leadoff guy. You know, the guys around him have not been great at all the time. I really think that he's he is one of the guys with the highest ceiling. And people are just, like, penciling him in like he just hit his peak. Like, this guy could really – out of all the White Sox roster guys, I think he's got the most potential. Him and Eli just being, like, just ridiculously, like, just off the charts good because of the potential that he has because of what he's already accomplished.
6: And that's just on, that's just on the batting side. So, I mean –
0: Oh, glove side, he's gotten better. I don't think, unless he goes regresses, on the, on the glove side, four years ago, I said, send him to the outfield. I was the right. first one to say he needs to go to center field, but he's improved so much. He, he's not a liability anymore. He's gotten smarter baseball-wise, acumen-wise, like meaning like when not to make the play or the force to play out. And again, every defender goes through their moments where they make errors. And and again, he tend, people think tend to think that he's horrible because he'll make a couple a week. Like when he's bad, he'll make like two, three, or four, like in a very short span. Uh, but I think his defense has gotten way better and it's going to be improving. He is a White Sox shortstop, no yeah. questions asked.
2: And then hey, I'm Junior, a, junior I'm, just really put out there that swagger, and we got swagger to give. And our question to the chat was, "What is your favorite Sox player and moment during the Aussie era?" Ray, we're going to ask you that question, and then we're going to give really out our giveaways out there. Um, to the winners, so stay tuned here in a couple seconds because we're going to get to that right after Ray's answer.
6: So my answer to the to the question uh, is real easy. Uh, is is Jermaine Die. Um, that was my favorite player during the Ozzy the, um, era. Scotty Paz came a close second, but it's Jermaine Dye. And then um, my favorite mo- my favorite moment. I was in Iraq. I was watching the World Series in Iraq on a 21 inch TV like this, right? And I'm I'm watching this freaking white Sox game and I'm losing my fucking mind. It's three in the morning, guys, because of the time difference. And um I see the I see, you know, John, Bobby, Bobby Jenks comes out and I'm just like, holy shit, we're finna win the Winter World Series. It's over. We're finna win the Winter World Series. And I'm, I'm geeked. I'm geeked. I'm geeked. I'm geeked. And we win that motherfucker. And I run outside. I wake everybody up in the what we call pods. I'm throwing rocks in the air. I'm throwing rocks at the fucking trailers where people are sleeping. The fucking Sox won the World Series. So I mean, I can't even beat that. That's just like that's what it was. Like it's three in the morning. I'm going. I'm losing my fucking mind because I'm watching my White Sox win the fucking World Series. So that's my era. That's my. Yeah, that's my moment, and uh, Jermaine Die. That's he's in uh, Gucci. Holy shit, I love it, Gucci and a rebate anyway, but it's, it's Jermaine Die. That's, that's
0: a probably one of the, That's really one of the best. That's probably one of the best stories. That's one yes. that I'm probably gonna bring up with the boys. That was really good. One of the most random places that you can watch or celebrate. Yeah,
6: I watched, I, I watched it. I watched it. I mean, I was in my in my trailer. Me and my me and my battle buddy, um, my friend. We were we were you know we bunked together. You know, basically the whole time we we're in Iraq, and and we had a we had a small TV, and we have we have um, four channels. We have four channels in Iraq, maybe 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 six at the time. Either way, it's it's AFN and um, Armed Forces Network, and you know they show whatever's on, which is hot as far as sports. And I'm I'm glued to the TV, and I'm watching. It, it's just a am- it was amazing. It was a fucking amazing.
0: That's amazing. I gotta tell Ozzy yes, that. So that's a part where, like, he, this is a real fan. Like, he gets that, – that's a moment that you'll never forget. I, I'm never going to forget I, I just agree. heard this story. That's amazing. And you picked a good one. Jermaine Dye, probably one of the most underrated players to ever wear a White Sox uniform. I
6: mean, I, I mean, on my birthday this year, um, I, I had the honor to go to a game on my birthday, and my mother um, – <laughs> shit, bless her heart. She had my Jermaine Dye jersey for, for probably 11 years. I, I thought I lost it. I thought I lost it. Like legit. I thought I lost it. And um she she was like, um, you know, I know you're gonna go to the game. Justin was with me, and um he was like, she was like, Um, I found this jersey, and I was like, Holy shit, it's my Jermaine diet jersey. So I, I tweeted it out and Jermaine was like, You look good in that. And you know, that was that was you know, basically it was pretty it was it, it made my birthday that it the
3: man me. almost passed out.
6: I did, I did, I did, and that was my guy, yeah.
3: Love it,
2: yeah. All right, so after that story, we've got four winners here for the giveaways for signed photos of Ozzy. First one, and I'm going to roll through these comments because there's a lot of comments here. Shout Um, out to
1: everyone that's stuck around with us for the whole show or most (laughs) of the show and commented. We appreciate it. We're almost at three hours. Um, And we can go for like three more easy.
2: (laughs) Easily all right, our first one was lucky number winner here. Number one will be Z-Witter, on 77 Is comment here was Ozzy, favorite player growing up. Now in favorite interview. Good stuff, guys. Z-Witter is our one winner, and now we're going to go with another one here. Let me find this next one here. Uh, I'll scroll down here.
0: Sweet winner! Right? I said earlier that uh, Maglia Ordonez, I completely forgot about Jermaine. Who's their last right fielder? I was like, Sweet winner!
6: Yeah, it was Jermaine. Die! I heard what you said. That. I was like, Jermaine Die.
2: Our second winner is our man here, Vision. He's he went with the big hurt.
3: Oh, Dre's a winner.
2: And Dre's a uh, winner. Moment would be when Izzy cursed out Joe West. Oh, um, yeah. We've had cool. a lot of... which time <laughs> it, was, it was that one. Was it the burl? Was it the you know, burl? Oh, Fuck this out
1: one, out yeah. yeah. Fuck out of
6: here. <laughs> Fuck, I hated it.
1: And shout out to Vision for being here like the entire show. Yeah, he has. That's, 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 right.
6: he has, on, that's our shit. He's another. That's, that's one of the bag.
3: homies from Bad Guy Radio, Slav, he A triple
5: which OG. Love?
2: I can't forget Z Witters. He did have this comment that we used for Ozzy earlier in the show when we were talking about leadership. So he had two good comments with Dre's, And then our third lucky winner, another guy that's been in the chat for all the show, basically has been Juan Diego Montenegro. Um, he had his favorite, also like Dre, was Frank Thomas. And his favorite moment was October 7th wow. of, the, of 05 on my birthday. El Duque relief with bases loaded. No, one, no outs in Boston. Which we have that in our intro, our show intro. We have the Al Duque base loaded moment there. (laughs) And AJ's uh,
1: story, by the way, AJ's story talking about like going through the counts against uh, Johnny Damon. Amazing story to hear. I'm sure it's out there on YouTube or some podcast somewhere. (laughs) Like an amazing, incredible
6: story. story. Listen to it, yeah. And I know Justin was in anguish during that that series. Sorry. Uh, I'm still no, a wife. That was my
0: highlight. That was a highlight of my of my uh, life translating. No, <laughs> translation. Yeah. So the whole time I'm thinking, I'm like, I hope he's not the one that blows it because I'm gonna have to translate when he was doing to it. To the I'm media, like, yeah. Well, it was Marte and then it was Oduke and I was like, Latino back to back, like this is gonna be, but it was awesome. <laughs> was bring funny. in
1: Polite. Bring yeah, in Bleat, Bleat. I was
0: like, <laughs> bring in somebody else I don't want to I don't want I don't wanna give any anybody that
6: message. Though? Was there any doubt, Ozzy, while you was calling that? Was there any doubt?
0: Well, number one, is his fault that he was in that situation, number one. So okay. let's just put that one out there. He couldn't get warm enough. Again, he, he, was, he was kind of making a reliever, a starter into a reliever. Mm-hmm. I doubt many guys would even do that today because of the, the, the risk of injury. So he was trying to get himself warmed up. Marte had to start the inning, got himself in trouble, got squeezed a little bit there by the ump, uh, a couple of borderline calls. So they say, you know what, I, that's it. Basically, I take Marte's going to give it up. And he brought it in. I think that if anyone, you need to have – I think that that combination people don't realize El Duque and AJ and what had transpired throughout the year between them, just two really hardcore competitors. They had gone at it a couple of times. One point AJ said, do I punch him or do I punch the translator? Just trying to be funny and beat us smart Cause El Duque is very hard, man. El Duque he has like 15 pitches. He'll be like a guy like at the moment of like, just call anything. And for them in the beginning of the year where they had all this tussle, like just trying to get to know each other and, Cooper being in the middle of it kind of like making them work together to be in the, in the playoffs in a moment where the only way that this is going to work is if they trust each other because they don't want to throw signs because there's runner in every position and AJ and Nilduka has to be comfortable enough to throw AJ anything that he calls because there could be a pass ball. And that's another thing that you don't want. So for them to be able to communicate that and AJ said, throw it like that, even in the, he threw something that wasn't even in the, It wasn't even in the system, to call. Like, AJ just went, you know, and they went through that whole thing not having practice that are done. That's trust. So in that moment of that game and that – I think it took AJ to be the catcher, Duque that trust and that ability to have that. Because anybody else, I think, would have been just melting not only the pitcher but the catcher because you're, like, catching. You're like, I got bases loaded. I can't give anything hang because I don't want the game to get really crazy, but I don't want to throw anything on the ground. Because, and let's be honest, AJ's not known to being the greatest defensive catcher. So I'm sure that, you know, if I was him, that would come into play, but it didn't. At that moment, it was perfect. So, and that, that's probably the world's playoff, World Series moment with me on the bench, which you tend not to get emotional. That's probably the most intense I was. And then everybody was like, oh my God. Like when they came after that, I think like highest peak of like, oh, I think we can go the whole way. That was one of them. Like we just went bases loaded in Boston defending wow. champions, El Duque from the bullpen. Like, oh my God, like this is after that game, guys were like, this is, we're pumped. Like we can, I think we can definitely take these guys on and then move on. So that, that was a good one. One, I don't think I'll ever see again. Wow. That was a really, by the way, the, the other way, the other guys that were hitting too, it wasn't like it was Joe Schmo walking off. It was like, if you look at those guys stats in that moment in their careers, it was like the who's who of the Boston Red Sox lineup. Definitely.
5: Johnny
2: Damon was the last hitter.
1: Yeah. Damon's the only one I can, I can't remember the first two guys.
2: I bet Justin
1: knows.
3: (laughs) That's a part of my life I put behind me. Congratulations (laughs) to the fucking White Sox. Can you move on, please? God, we got one more
2: winner, right? Uh, Yeah, the last winner is the hero himself, our hero of the game uh, that the White Sox had presented, and it is Ray the Barber with that amazing story in Iraq. Um, Really, truly. Yes, he can win. Yes, he can win. Uh, And I respect it. I respect the the service of Ray and everybody that serves our country, whether it's overseas or here at home. Uh, thank you, Ray. Thank you for coming it, on. It us. was uh, it was
6: it was it was some rough years for the 20, 20, 20 plus years I was in. So you know, wow, bless your
2: heart, man. Talk about you were know, talking about career like
0: oh, baseball's hard. That's hard.
6: <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I did three three tours in Iraq, uh, one Bosnia tour. Of Kosovo,
1: tours. oh man, oh man, don't yeah. get me started. Yeah, I was
6: hey, I'm, I'm Serbian, way. man. Yeah, yeah, well, I Kosovo was all breaks up. my heart, man. I was yeah. all up in all those, a- I was up in all those, you know, like that was just uh, yeah, it was rough. It was yeah, rough. the White Sox
0: need to win for this guy, forget yeah, Rick I mean, I mean, everybody honestly. else.
6: This guy, like, if anyone needs to
0: win now, That's by awesome. the way, when the clip when Cleveland loses to the White Sox, the only the, the only happiness that I'll have in my heart, Justin, is because he, this gentleman. We'll get a W. It's not only because of you. <laughs> yeah, the Have you ever been at
6: honored
1: time. at a Sox game?
6: Yes, I did. I did. Okay, I good. did uh I did um last year. Um, um I I had the honor to 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 do the whole thing with, with friends and family. So they did the uh the hero of the game. Gonzo had the video oh. and, and it was it was it was pretty cool. Like I've never had that experience. And it was like it's like the cameras in your face, and then you're on the big screen and then people are like clapping, clapping, clapping. I'm just like all right, hey, yeah, you guys doing? I'm just. Isn't like, it no.
1: awkward to be on camera it, just smiling? It is, like...
6: but at the same time, I just felt like I feel home because the people are are really loving you. I'm just like, hey, and I'm I'm looking at the people that are close to me. I'm 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 doing high fives, so on and so forth. Like I've never had that experience till last year, and I went to like what like four or five games last year, so. Were they, winning? were
0: they winning when they happened? Because the worst things gotta be up here. Like, like, game
6: man. that was probably one of the best games. Oh, that's even that better they because they were down by three with in the was it the eighth inning, Justin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we yeah. came all the way back that day, too. We, we so so of, yeah, Ozzie,
0: so, yeah. so Ozzy's favorite one of Ozzy's favorite things during the game. No, it's not the seventh inning stretch, he's actually really into the seventh inning stretch. Um, is actually when they honor the veteran. Um, and he would often say when they were playing bad. How embarrassing that you guys are playing bad, and this gentleman or 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 gal has yeah. to get on it right now, and you guys are playing this horrible. You should be embarrassed <laughs> well, I, of yourselves. But but I, yeah,
6: I, he I, loves it though. That's one of his favorite things.
0: To, like, yeah, I appreciate
6: the I appreciate uh, Ozzy going at the guys for us because, like, we, we legit like you know you would think like there's a lot of things out there for us that you know are like easily accessible, but I thank the White Sox for being easily accessible they called awesome. they, they checked they was like you sure you're coming here's where you're going so on and so forth so i had a great time showing up at the game for you
2: know being honored at the game as the, the hero of the game so that was that was pretty cool I yeah we would have showed awesome. the video if stream art wasn't giving us problems earlier so yeah it's all
6: good i mean it's i, I wouldn't expect them to see the video but at the same time it's just like you guys like y'all don't understand how big it is for me to talk to you guys and to see you guys talk to Ozzy again, like that was like, I mean, I'm 45 years old, so I watched him play at old Comiskey. You know what I mean? Um, I, I watched him and 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 Robin and Frank man the, the infield. So it's like, you know, that was like to see you guys talk to him, and and I know Ozzy, I know that's your dad. Um, but it doesn't matter. Like that was just like to see him just talking, you know, candidly about. Baseball, it was just like amazing. So, thank you guys. The dude, the you
1: saw the dude you saw on the podcast with us is the same dude that's out there in the real world every single day. Yeah. that is exact. That's who Ozzy is.
6: Yeah, I know he's that. An I mean, awesome I, dude. I, like he's a he's a he's he keeps it a buck so much. Like I, I wish I could just see him and, and just do this one time. <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll make it happen. We're gonna have yeah.
0: a we're, we're gonna we're, the Blackout's probably gonna have a live. And again, yeah. this is part of what we wanted to do because again, we wanted to connect to real fans, bring out the. You know, we talk about all the time, make it like, again, everyone here on the show, there's a connection, there's a friendship. And again, it's bridging that gap of like fans, like you can voice this, this segment was created to voice someone like yourself, tell your story, tell us like why you're passionate. Like, I really feel like, now I really feel like our off season sucked. Like this
5: man, (laughs) (laughs) like I
0: literally feel like I need to cut this part and send it to Jerry and say, Hey, I'm sorry. I know we usually don't talk about baseball. We talk about everything, but the team. But just this once, you need to hear this. Like you need look to at you stressing
1: it. this guy out. No,
0: I'm just saying, that. you yes. need to feel this pain. Like this, any any anybody that's like 15 years old, and we're gonna have young listeners. I don't feel bad for you at all. I, I yeah. don't it's, all. It's I don't like this. Is, this, is this is a group. This is a because you saw the pain. You saw everyone thinks everything at Comiskey Park was beautiful. It was a great atmosphere. There's not a lot of winning happening back then. So I feel your pain, man. I really yeah, do because it was not a
6: lot of winning, but my mother, my mother made it happen to where we can go to games just so she could appease me because I loved baseball.
5: Yeah.
6: I loved baseball. I love Frank Thomas. You know what I mean? I loved fucking awesome. Isaac Ian. I love Harold Baines. I loved fucking you know Robin Ventura. Like I love that fucking team. Carlton Fisk. I, I just it was that was just like my theme. How good how good
0: was Harold as a defensive
6: Holy athlete? shit. Like he was. So fucking good. Like he was like you couldn't hit it over his head and you could not run him. Like he would get that ball back to the infield so fucking fast. I heard, I heard Ozzy talking about they don't play the game right. Well, when him and, and, and Harold played together, they played the game, right. You know what I mean? Like you would see Harold get the ball and Ozzy was there for the cutoff. And then they would freaking, you know, it, it was, it was amazing. So baseball was in its purity at Comiskey Park was fucking. It was just. It was just a wonderful time to watch actual baseball and to be sitting behind a guy with his fucking. He had the the big fucking. You know what I mean. The big fucking score sheet. You know, mark <laughs> the game paper. You know what I mean. And you're trying to understand, like, what are you writing? He's like, yeah, you know, the guy here, and he'll draw the fucking lines or whatever. He, he, there was a. It was an older gentleman, and, and, and you know, God forgive me, what his name is, but he's like. This is how you keep up with the game. This is what I learned at Comiskey Park while I'm eating a fucking hot dog. You know, this is crazy. So those memories will never go away. And and I just want us to – I really just want to just say, you know, like I want us to win like more games than normal. Like I really just – you know, this team right here has a chance to be special. I like Copic. I like Cease, the pitching staff, um, a slim down Geo. You know, that's going to be, you know, let's see what he does. Um, You know, and then the lineup. I just want to see the lineup produce, hit the fucking ball. You,
0: You have an open slate of critiquing anyone on the White Sox team. Or the front office you have full reign of doing that <laughs> my friend
6: can't nobody yeah, tell you yeah. nothing
1: no, no nobody
0: can tell it we're still working on that for you jay you we're still we, we we're not sure about you yet. we're like 55th and you but ray the <laughs> barber he can talk about the white <laughs> sides he can play you can say it you can rip on every day on twitter every time we no, or kind no, you can't. i'm, I'm gonna tell i'm gonna say i'm gonna i'm gonna write and say hey Mokata, my boy, ray the barber i'm thinking about you right now go off my friend
6: Thank I'm you. being serious. This, no,
0: this no, for is, real. This is a real this is the fans that Ozzy interacts with that you feel that pain of the fans saying, What is going on with my team? I bought into this. What why what why can't we win? I,
6: I totally agree. This is awesome. Thank you. I appreciate you guys.
2: I really do. Real quick, all the winners or the four winners today, Z Witter, Dre, Juan, and Ray, please at the ticker there at the bottom, email our show at ogblackoutshow.gmail.com let us know that you were who you were on your account send us your info and we will email or not email we will mail out our uh, giveaways to you signed Ozzy see. photos Junior is going to go grab the photos real quick to show our proof of our giveaways but we are going I'll to take, I'll take pictures of
0: Ozzy signing them too it's
2: like <laughs> you authenticity back.
0: Yeah, of course. People, you know what? People think like I, like, oh, did you sign that? I'm like, you think I'm like an Aussie kid like, a, like, a, I, like, I know how to do my dad's signature. <laughs> like, I didn't know how to do that when I was in school. they want to do it when I was an adult. I'm like, dude, sign here.
1: Oh, I, I used yeah. to forge so many notes. When I'm the I was, worst like, in elementary school. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, oh, I got a sign He's not gonna be in school today. Sign that sig.
0: I'm not. I knew I wasn't gonna be a major leader, but when I couldn't sign my name at twelve. I'm like, you see all the kids that were like big league signatures? And I was like, like, no. I couldn't do it. So, yeah, I'll have Ozzy, i take pictures of it. We'll have it sent out. Uh, so send that uh, info to our guy, Gonzo, and the team. Uh, we'll send that right to you guys.
6: Man, I, I appreciate I just – I can't say it enough. I, I can't thank you guys enough for having me on. Justin, I, you know I love you. You're my guy, Gonzo. You're my guy. I love you, man. Um, man it, I, it was great to meet you, Ozzy. It was great to meet you, Slav. Like, you know, I, I can't wait for the interactions on Twitter. Um My I'm honor. Here. I'm pretty sure I followed, you know, um um Ozzy. I'm pretty sure I followed you. I don't I don't know if I followed you stop but I'm gonna follow you as soon appreciate as you here. Thank you, thank um, you. <coughs> so um I mean, but Ozzy, you're on the Ozzy's baseball, right? That's you yeah, yeah, yeah. Gain's
0: baseball. I, I got yeah. like I got like I got clandestine, I got yeah. I got a bunch by like five burner accounts, we're still trying to figure There's them out.
1: The only person with more burners than Rick Hahn is Ozzy Gian Jr. <laughs> yeah, know, right.
6: So so it I think sit. I follow the Gian's world. Uh, yeah, you're good. That's it
0: right there. We're, okay. yeah, you'll get the you'll get the inside there. I can't make and Justin make sure you subscribe
1: him. to the Guian Grid here on YouTube. Yeah, he's okay, already subscribed. That's the, that's the shows. Oh, up. Justin, yeah.
0: somebody said, "I love you." That's, that's deep. That was deep. That's probably one probably one of the deepest moments in the in the thing. But this this was by the way, this is gonna be hard. Anyone that's gonna get picked for oh, fan, we can't top this. By the way, good luck topping this one. By the way, I'm a <laughs> we gotta team. go find really, like, like yeah, this this was awesome. This was a very this was really really good. This was awesome. We well, gotta find
1: I, 110 year old like quadriplegics in yeah. Australia that like that's yeah, the, the only thing watch, that we yeah, can take. Like,
0: yeah, this is awesome though. Like the fact you have to watch Ozzy play and do a lot of people can't make the whole connection, so that's really, really cool. Thank you so yeah, much. Yeah,
6: I, I did. I was just it was just you know, I was lucky. I was lucky to have a mother that worked her ass off to get tickets just to go to a game. Okay. And then uh, you know, I was lucky to just be able to have a TV to watch Ozzy manage us to a fucking World Series in Iraq. Awesome.
5: In Iraq. Yeah. And awesome. I
6: wasn't on mission. I just so happened to not be on mission that night, which was crazy. Man, that's awesome.
1: That's, that's awesome. like one of the best stories of any Sox yeah. fan I've ever heard. No joke. No yeah, joke. I appreciate out.
6: Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. Well, thank you, guys.
3: No, Yo, thank, thank you for stopping on, Ray. The thank honor's you. ours, this man. It was an absolute blast, man.
6: All right, y'all. Thank See you, Ray.
0: Have... See you. Man, Josh, they say they love man." That, that clip right there, We I love you, Justin, is like, hey, this man – is I'm gonna just, put it
3: out for all the haters, and I'm
5: gonna. Play that's what I'm saying,
0: it. though. By the way, guys, no BS. is probably one of the best World Series stories that I have heard. Definitely beats. The, I was at college, drunk. Like, okay, great. You're supposed yeah. to be there. Like, that was awesome. And the fact that he's watched the Sox for that long, which again, poor guy. Like, that's a lot of L's in the, the his,
1: that's A. Lot his else. story reminded me about the Jermaine Die jersey. I think I text. I don't know if I told you guys this. Shingo Takatsu was the first White Sox jersey I ever yeah, bought with did. my own money. Like, really? what, what an idiot. And uh, I was in high school, an authentic okay, I don't like, think I just, $200 like white show. Just because he was like, like, my boy, dude. And I okay, was your guy. Like, I loved it. Like, the gong and he was just unhittable. The frisbee and Hawk was hyping his ass. And I'm like, dude, Shingo is going to be our guy. And like four months later, he went. To shit, and Bobby Jenks became Bobby Jenks. And
5: went I mean, I'm shit. glad that
1: it worked out for Bobby and the White Sox, but like, damn. I think I ended up selling it for like 40 bucks, and somebody ripped off the Shingo and like put uh, Makata or Canergo or some other name and number on it. I was, oh, because of the number. Of it. That's
0: that's in it. Yeah. But again, then, kind of that story is crazy because Ozzy knew that they're gonna need like Ozzy and Kenny knew they were gonna need like backups for the closure position. Because of Shingo. Well, it and, turned like, out to be yeah. fucking
1: Dustin Hermanson. And, and save 30-plus games. Cliff Polite.
0: 30-plus games, Dustin Hermanson safe. So when people talk about, like, what uh, Griff Falls going to do and uh, closure by committee, uh, I don't think it's that bad of an idea because you don't really have to buy into someone. Because if he goes and says, this is my closure, and then you don't play him one game, it's like, oh, do you don't believe in this guy anymore. So if you keep it, like, open – So you could you could you could you could win with a couple closers doesn't really have someone doesn't really have the title which I love it because I think titles are only the closer title should only belong to a guy that's earned it like a Liam Hendricks that's like that's my closer but if you're not if you don't have that name then I don't think that it should be whoever your best matchup is so that's one of the one of the positives that I think Sox fans think that I I wouldn't agree with I actually think it's better that way you didn't just give a title to somebody because you give the title to the wrong guy that guy pitches bad pulls a couple games and you. Untitle him that guy loses credibility so just keep it open who cares Liam's gonna be back so he's gonna be I love
1: I love what Griffo had to say about like attacking pockets in the lineup it means like he's not going to just be like okay time to get a righty in there because of this guy this guy like no. I think they're really gonna analyze who and when to pitch guys and I certainly hope that they have backup plans ready that was one of the things I hated about Tony it's like okay it's time to put Jose Ruiz in the game. And, and Jose Ruiz after sucks, three bat- sucks after three batters, there was no backup. Yeah. There was nobody else that was ready to go. So Jose Bravins Ramirez won't get pitched.
0: What? So Jose, Ram- Jose Ramirez won't get pitched <laughs> with first base open. Oh,
5: gosh. <laughs> but no, no one mentions that. that. No that one mentions that, about- by the way.
0: No one mentions that ever. Of all the mistakes, and they all mentioned the error stuff, I'm like, probably the biggest mistake last year was that I'm like, why are they pitching to these guys? It's like over first base open and over. And and over. It's like the best hitter. It's like, oh, Buxton, Correa, first base open. Oh. Ah, we're going to pick him. So I, I agree. The pocket situation means that they're going They're going to go by field, by matchups. They're yeah. going to go and say, because sometimes you lose the game, you know, you might be the sixth inning. It might be the most important inning that you have because of the way the game might go. So that's where I think that his acumen as a manager, his baseball knowledge will definitely pay off, where I trust him more than anybody else deciding that for him. Like him making that decision in that moment, I trust him more than anybody else making it. Meaning in the White side organization,
1: Kelly Graveman, Raylo, uh, even Crochet when he comes back, I think all four of those guys oh, have. And
3: people and people are forgetting about Aaron Bummer too. What if Aaron Bummer returned to form? That's a
1: fucking yeah. weapon. I mean 2 years ago a lot of people were saying he might be the closer of the future. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. And again I think that again competition wise like nobody
0: example. like like no one has to say you're this guy. Everybody's up, it means everybody's up in the bullpen in the 5th inning. Like I think that as much as there's people that like comfort, if you make the if you make the mentality of the bullpen, you have to be ready in the 5th inning. I don't know who I'm going to go to. I can go to anybody at any given time. If you prepare yourself that way from spring training, you're able to do it all year. The yeah. issue is when you try to throw a wrench in the middle of the season and say, okay, now we're going to, if he prepares these guys and say, hey guys, from spring training, our plan is after the fifth inning, Daddy Griffall falls going to go wherever he feels like it. So you better be ready. You've been warned. Don't make any excuse. When I bring you in the fifth you, or the six daddy griffol, that's his name, Daddy Griffol. I'm
3: not oh. calling on that shit. I uh,
0: know definitely that one. Daddy Grifole. He's not getting for Father's
3: Day either. We're not Why? bringing him up on Father's Day.
0: Daddy Griffol. He's dude, yeah. he's gonna be a by way. When you had daddy, you what do you do when you're a dad? You love, but then you're also uh, I'm gonna tell you guys, man. You love and you guy, discipline. No, that's what I'm saying, though. These guys, i I'm, I'm gonna tell you guys this right now. I think some guys might be in for a rude awakening. Like as as, no, no that's what I mean, yeah. if I think as nice as he is, when those guys are super nice like that, and like, oh, we're all going home. I don't want to see him getting pissed. I'm being serious. Like this guy's like, look up his resume of who he is as a person. This guy is built on like doing, like eating, like Hulk Hogan eating your Wheaties, like the real deal. Like this guy's like an accountability right. master. I'm being serious. he said accountability. He ain't playing around. Like he's literally going to you. Like. I asked Salvador Perez if it was BS on one thing that Griffal brought up about, like, he didn't talk to him for a week. And I was like, it's probably BS. You know, that, that was going around that he – and I, we asked Salvador. He said, oh, dude, that guy was like, he didn't talk to me. It's like a joy core. I'm like, it's funny because you're like, what coach would not talk to a player? But then if you're in baseball, you're like, this guy's a real deal. Like, no, dude, I'm not going to work with you. Like, we said we were going to do this, and you kind of, like, mess around, and you're not going to do, like, early work or whatever. Like, you're not serious? I'm not going to be serious. I'm not going to be here wasting my time. Coaches that are able to pull that off show you that their accountability level, that they're there to work and win. They're not there to be like your little babysitter or whatnot. That's a huge thing to do, especially when someone's your friend, like he's friends with Salvador. That was a huge tell. And I could see it might not come out in public, but I could see him challenging players and saying, Hey, bring them into the office and saying what's going on and and throwing them under the bus. I think that, that this team might need that. And I don't think this guy's scared to, to do that at all. And he's, you know, he's not, I don't think he's a pushover. That's for sure.
1: Well, we just went three hours and 15 minutes, and I'm pretty sure we mentioned every single player on the White Sox roster in some capacity. I think, like, Lance Lynn was, like, the one guy we didn't talk about that much. But I've loved, I've loved everything he's had to say so far in spring training. Like, he's the, he, like, the leader of the pitching staff, Gonzo, I think you mentioned earlier. Like, I wish we had 26 Lance Lynn's. No joke. I love That's that he threw the fan out of
0: the bus, by the way. I love that Lance Lynn did not take the bait when he was talking about Cleveland and he said well, Cleveland didn't find out about, we told him that the fans chanted it and they're okay to do that. Cause they're the loser. I love that because that's telling everybody in that clubhouse, we might be more talented, but they beat us. So that that's yeah. a chip on his shoulder. So kudos to him. Cause he could have been like, he could have made a very comment about unsportsmanlike, or, you know, they should know better. Maybe, maybe if he is mad about it, he didn't let them know it. And they're going to figure it on the field that I like that chip on his shoulder, which again, I think he just sent a message to his clubhouse, very, very subtle message, and to the fan base as well. By the way, of like, we know, we hear you, we know what you guys have been saying. So I like it. Good for him. Good yeah, for him. good for him. I don't think Lance Lynn is a guy that. I don't think a BS is one of Lance Lynn's like in his vocabulary of, of like something. He, I don't think he messes around with that. It's just he's a very straight no. shooter. You like it or you you like it, you like it or you don't like. It. I don't think he really cares about that.
5: Yeah,
3: like. I'm hung. I'm not gonna say I hung around people like Lance Lynn because I don't know what the guys like. But just from what I see on TV, like he got a sense of humor, but he's all about business. No, it's it, if it's if it's fuck me in public, it's fuck you in public too. Like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna jump through hoops just to have a good PR day. No, I'm gonna be honest with you.
0: Yeah, he's a good pro. Like a,
3: good, the guy, that's what you call a good pro.
2: The guy's accountable yeah. too. When he's having when he has a bad star, he just says it straight out. I love that by post-game. the
0: way. I love yeah. that by him. I love I, I love about it. again. He's a veteran. Like
1: he's been. Around. He's a ribeye and mashed potatoes guy. Yeah, but he's, he's a, not yeah. a filet and asparagus guy. Well,
0: I'm just saying. Look, I, I think people love him because he also looks like a lot of people in the South Side looks like slobs like younger, <laughs> It's like it's like Lance is 20. The he's grays good. are coming. No, no, Work but, is I, me
1: out. I'm there. I love I'm close.
0: It. When you get asked, and again, when you're obsessed with pitching, they're like, how did you feel? And a pitcher's like, well, my slider wasn't feeling too well. Jolito, I'll say it. Jolito, giving you like – th- we saw the game, Jolito. We know that it wasn't working. Lance Lynn cuts right through that. Like, I, I, we didn't do good. I yeah. sucked. you know. And then you're like, okay, cool. Like, At least you know that he is there and, and he's holding himself accountable. And he's not trying to give you a perfect answer. And again, when you have more guys like that – that he doesn't care about being clean and polished and that attitude of going and getting, cause you're not going to, you're going to fail. Okay. So he's a guy that's like, when he's doing great, it's great. When he's doing bad, it's like, okay, we're going to keep going. I think that that helps a lot uh, on a team, just as much as like, you know, being a clubhouse, leader and a, you know, holding everybody and saying, "Oh, we we like each other, because you need to get pushed, man. You're, it's a long season. It's 162 games. If you're going to lose 40. You're going to win 60. How are you going to grind out through the rest of them? Okay. Hawk. No, I'm okay, being Hawk. serious. Yeah, it's true. And, and I'm sure that he's. I could. I would love to see Lance Lynn in a meeting when these guys are struggling and they're all like gone ho on analytics. Like there's a circle of like Jill Leto and Cease, and then there's Gonzo like watching them like and they're seeing rotation <laughs> and like cut and like vertical. And Lance yeah. Lynn's like, "What are you guys doing?" Like I, I, because I can see him being that guy of like get out of your own head. Because yeah. pitchers can get weird, man. My slots here, my slots here you know, oh, I'm not pitching because my rotation's off. It's like, dude, just get the outs. Like, you you don't have it
1: today. Remember that it was early in the season in 21 where he was, like, pitching a gem against the Indians and he gave up the game winner to to Jose Ramirez? Yeah. Like, I mean, it was like eighth inning, like, literally, like, lights out. And he made one terrible pitch. And after the game, everyone's like, oh, you know, they're expecting some, you know, well-thought-out answer. Oh, you know, I wanted to get out ahead of him and throw the two-seam and this and that, blah, blah. Like, what happened uh, – you know, take us through that at bat to, to Ramirez with the game-winner. They threw a shitty pitch, and he hit it over the fence. Like, that's it. He knows what he did. He, he doesn't have to explain it. He doesn't have to go back and watch the video and, okay, well, what were my RPMs on that one? And did I have what the right the extension? Rate? Yeah, like, did <laughs> I have the right extension? No, No, I threw a shitty two-seamer in a bad location to a top-five hitter in baseball, and he made me pay. Or love Or
0: should I have been – I didn't feel like I should have been in there. I feel like I was extended.
3: Wow, or, that's another story. You,
1: uh, you know what though? I'm not, again. I'm not a. F- when you are, a- he's the anti keiko Keiko would be like, oh yeah, I, you know, they pulled me after four. I felt like I, well, you know, I've earned that's a couple saying, more though. innings. Like, your you're at after- eight point three. You haven't earned shit. You never. <laughs> like,
0: there's no pitcher out there. I don't think that maybe a couple in my hand that I could be like that are happy when they're taken out. Like, oh great, take me out. Like, I never want to be here as a baseball, like you trust your manager to take you and like give you a chance to succeed and not leave you out to dry. Sometimes they're taking you out because you're your own worst enemy. You don't know when to leave the game or they might, you think they might, they might've left you because they think that you're old enough and mature enough to like get them out of there because they think you're the best guy for that spot. When you start having guys question what happened in a managerial situation, that you cannot let happen. Like Ozzy would be like very clear, like you want to get, you want me to rip you? Say something coming off the mouth. Like, if I messed up, I messed up, but I'm making this move. Is on you. Like, of course, I think you could probably get extended or go lower. That's where Lansling kind of changes the attitude on that because you have a lot of young pitchers. And I love Giolito when he, uh, not Jolito, uh, Cease. His maturity level at that point has been great. Great body language when he's struggling. He doesn't feel Jolito on that end is a little bit different than other guys. I don't think Kopech even cares very, pa- but I think that is a pitcher's development. I, that's because it's a mental game. And I think that when you're struggling, it could really get you. Can really take a page out of Lance Lynn's book because you know he, he he's definitely a he battles. You know he's he's definitely a guy that battles and and shows it with himself. And I don't think if they lose it's gonna be because Lance Lynn didn't try you, hard.
3: You know who reminds me of Lance Lynn? We had him on the Red Sox. John Lackey. Yes. They they had the same attitude. Like you're not
0: taking me out this
6: fucking
1: game. Wait. I'm so you're a White Sox
0: it. fan? So wait. So so I can't. So my team. What happened? Because you said us and like you're like yeah part of you've said Sox.
1: we like a f- we. Like 400 times I have a show. question I
3: understand I, I'm okay I like I am a Red Sox fan and I live in the south side of Chicago I'm not rooting for the Cubs so I'll just be a diehard White
1: Sox fan oh, wait okay. so you're a Red Sox fan first
3: no I'm just saying I'm uh answering why I say we in regards to the Red Sox
1: he likes Boston
3: yeah, like you,
0: you just wanted to get on the championship wagon. You just basically said, Red, Sox no, first. I like it when, probably, was, when they were trash. You're probably an anti Yankee, so you're like, I'm gonna root for the
3: I am anti Yankee. I'm anti a lot of Yankee to be honest with you. Why? Because
0: you just have a lot of trophies, yeah. You just hate because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we wish we won as much as they did. I yeah. wish oh,
1: Derek
3: Jeter you... played in Chicago,
1: yeah. It's like, uh, oh, don't get me
0: started on that one. Um, no, but for, for real, so like, okay, cool. Like, I, I, again, Lackey's a guy that was known for just being a straight shooter. John Lester's the same thing. Those guys, I love Rendon the connection that he had with C's. Those are guys that have struggled. They know how it happens. and, And those are good clubhouse guys. Just because you're an old dude does not make you a good clubhouse guy. There's nothing worse than an old clubhouse lawyer, an old player that thinks he knows best, but he's actually a toxic. That is the opposite of what you want. And the guys that we've mentioned, I think that, and again, Lanson's still competing, guys. Look at his numbers last year. He's still at a level where last contract That's right. what I'm yeah. saying though. But his contract, his the value of his contract, and again, we we often rip Rick Hahn for signing. This this contract actually has paid paid his way. Like I think the contract was pretty good for what other guys have been getting. I really think that Lanslate has delivered on what he was paid for.
1: Uh as far as like internal contracts and extensions, I think Rick Hahn, I mean, that's like that's his bread and butter. Like that's where he's Elevated himself to where he is with the White Sox. Like they don't get as much for Jose Quintana if it wasn't for Rick Hahn signing that contract. Like, yeah. like you mentioned, TA, or I think someone in the comments mentioned TA, like getting seeing all the money in the, the shortstops <laughs> by Soxual. Um, he's uh like TA sees that money that the shortstops are getting in free agency, and like you know, those are valuable assets that the White Sox have because of Rickon.
0: No, no, I agree, I agree. You sign a guy low. And again, this is
1: when, we, when By the way, do you another, see Emmanuel Clase's contract?
0: Yeah, it's 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 I don't even know. I don't Ozzie even else. know how. I don't know how the players union let that happen. Yeah, I mean, I if if you, they do that they do slavery
1: in Cleveland. Oh man,
0: I'm not. I don't know. I don't want to use that word, but like, I don't know. They they put him to. Uh, I'm reading the book that I told you guys, and it's like Lou Howe flew George Springer out when he was a minor leaguer. And he tried signing him before he ever played a game of the big leagues to like an extension of a contract, and it was like something like twenty five million dollars, and and obviously his camp was not happy that he had flown him here to Houston under false pretenses, but he got to try to sign him for like like only twenty five mil before he ever played a game in the big leagues. So we know team, we know that makes sense because you're taking advantage, but then that's got to come back and hurt you at some point, especially. But if they do move him, when when when. When, when players are signed, they're easier to move because if your contract is good, teams are all over it. Just like if your contract is bad, you have to eat the money. Uh, but again, when you're trying to win and you're trying to build the best roster, you can't let money become a, a factor. If you're not signing guys, then you cannot let you releasing guys and opening up spots for somebody else to become a hinder in your development and in the play. So like if you think this year that Sheets is going to, by having Sheets this year in the roster or Billy, brings you more value than having Larry from day one. You either trade Larry and eat the money or you release him and eat the money, send him that. Like you gotta figure out a way of how to do this um and in, in order so you don't so you don't cost yourself some wins.
2: And we're gonna get to that in three weeks when we see two weeks of spring training. We got two shows in March and we're gonna wrap up everything that we see in spring training and what the final twenty six is going to look like and we're gonna give our arguments for that. Billy Hamilton.
1: The Greyhound.
2: I'll tell you this
0: much: If Ozzie Guillen was the manager,
2: oh, Billy hell. Hamilton
0: would definitely be on that top of that list because he'd be like, "I need a fast guy. I need a guy for pinch. Again, when you're up, here's a part, and I'm, this is how I'm gonna wrap it on my end. When you are uh, with the White Sox, the only reason that we always try to look at these position players to do so much is because there's been so many injuries. Like think about if you thought that Pablo Osuna would play that much or Timo Perez. Like, your backup players, like Ramon Castro, they should be playing, like, once a week, once every couple of weeks, get the guys some rest. They shouldn't be getting 350 at-bats. So there's rules where the only reason Billy should be getting 500 at-bats is if someone's injured. It might be the same for, for someone like Sheets or Romy. Like, there, there needs to be a separation of, like, am I a role player or am I an everyday player? And if, like, that role player has to play because Mukata has back spasms or T.A. has this, and they're not really hurt, this year one of the key things for the White Sox is, is he hurt or is he injured? Like, are you hurt, Slop, or are you injured? If you're hurt, you might still have to play through some pain. If you're injured, go on the DL and we'll bring somebody else up. I think that, that like, I think last year with Pantera, like, is he hurt? Is he not hurt? They play him, then you see him, like, have, like, one good at bat and they sit him, and, like, you didn't know where they were at health-wise. I hope that they figure that out this year With that, like, Griffo gets a, grip, a a grip on that. Of like, okay, is this guy injured? How much can I push him? Because I think that's something that last year that definitely hurt them. Because at times we're like, what, what, what's the deal? Like, why can this guy play or why not? So, um,
3: that's all I got from there. Uh, before before we wrap up, I just want to let our viewers know that I went, I came in today thinking that Jose Abreu. Was better than Andrew Vaughn. I'm leaving today with the fact that these people compared Andrew Vaughn to Michael Young and John Olerud. So thank you, Slob. Potential. You I
1: will not get any fucking sleep tonight. By the way,
0: potential. It's just potential, Bobby It's just I just, I just ask
1: if he had that career, would everybody be? Happy? By the way, there's I a
0: report. By the by the way, and I think a, there's
5: a
1: lot of White Sox fans that be pissed off if he only, be, only yeah because
0: because he because of the home runs. That's why they would be crazy. If there's there's a, there's a scouting report out there. Okay, from a from a scout that saw Slav at his size. I'm sure he's
1: probably a really big kid in no, high school. No, this hurts my heart because I know where you're getting at, and this is a no, no, no. Me. I'm talking
0: about like now. I'm not talking about junior or senior year. I'm talking about like how how tall were you in freshman year?
1: Six five, six four, okay. six four okay. and a half with cleats. Okay, six, so
0: oh, that's what I mean. So this guy's out there like in a freshman game and sees some six five what, dude with a glove in his hand. He was like Randy Johnson, right handed. Like that's as a scout, you're like this kid is this big at freshman projectability like, so projectability you're like if you make a mistake with someone like like him signing him you're like dude like look at what I signed so like potential is always going to be there so Andrew Vaughn you got that but I gave Jorge Soler I said he was going to be the next he had potential to be an MVP just like before just said Pantera had potential to be MVP because when you see him and you see his makeup and you're like dude this guy runs throws He has power, has for contact, is a gazelle in the outfield. Like he should be, you know, this much better, and he should be at that level. So potential, when you're talking sports, is humongous. The thing is, can you execute? And like when you start going up in levels, that's the difference between college, minor league, single A, double A, triple A, big leagues. Then big leagues play every day. You know, be a role player. The levels that go up, it just starts getting harder and harder and harder. And then at one point, your potential becomes, oh, that guy was a wash. Or, wow, that guy lived up to his potential. Because baseball-wise, you know, not a lot of guys live up to their potential. They have great careers. Gordon Beckham, for example, I think he had a great career. Better than many. But his potential was people thought that he was going to be like a, you know, 10-time All-Star and play shortstop for 14 years for Chicago White Sox. So that's where we have to, you know, the between potential and career, where, where is he leading? So, yeah, if Andrew Vaughn has a – oh, my God. If Andrew Vaughn has a Michael Young type of career with his, with his years of playing and he does it all with the White Sox, he might surpass – there he would surpass Abreu in, like, success of – I'm
5: being serious.
0: I'm saying, like, in the years played, Andrew Vaughn, if, he, if let's say Andrew Vaughn plays here in the White Sox for the next 15 years at Michael Young production, that puts him in the top 10 of everything in White Sox history.
1: I mean, yeah, that's well. That's sad that that is the case, but it's. But I'm just here. being honest, though. So, like, that it's means like it's the
0: Bears not a bad quarterback career. situation. Well, I'm not saying. Well, I'm not saying it's a bad career, though. Like, it's okay, let's say this. Let's say they signed Tim Anderson, okay, for an extension. And T, T- A plays 14 years at White Sox at shortstop, but the production that he's had on average every year is that a failure? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. That's an everyday think big league player T-A who got drafted by the Sox. Not a
1: failure, no matter what Correct. happens He's a,
0: He's a. The here's the thing. He was drafted by the White Sox, okay, and they drafted an everyday big league player for multiple big league years. That is a success. Who won a batting title? Who won yes, who won a batting title okay. and has a potential to win it every single year that he goes onto the field within the next six, seven years of his career, you know, depending on how long he plays. That is success. That is what they have to be looking at the draft and not looking at like, did a guy have a really good year? It's like where, like, what pipeline am I building? Like, am I building my pipeline consistently of success of guys that can come in and play every day? That's what the West Sox need, and that's where if you cannot find a second baseman within the organization, okay, you found a right fielder. Toby's a guy you should be able to fill in those holes, okay, to be able to do that. You should be able to be able to do a Brian Anderson, where we didn't win the World Series and we missed the playoffs because of the way the format of the tournament was set up, the, the league but they won 90 plus games with Brian in center field. You know, like they plugged them in. It wasn't like a, Oh my God, we don't have anybody. That's what you need to do as an organization, because when you're ready to win, you're going to need those bodies.
5: Yeah.
1: Look, there's no shortage of storylines or drama with this freaking franchise, so we'll have plenty of talk about and it. Oh, has not sh- yeah. And Ochivo hasn't oh showed up. Yeah, that's, that's the, we waited three hours and 33 minutes to mention no, Ochivo. I was hoping no. the White Sox weren't listening to that point. That's what triggers them. Uh, yeah, hopefully the Sox have signed off at this point. Uh, shout out to everybody that stayed with us for uh, the whole show, uh, everybody in the comments. Make sure if you were one of the winners of our giveaway, email us at show at gmail.com. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube to the Guillen Grid and make sure to follow us on Twitter. My brain is fried after this three-and-a-half-hour marathon. Uh, at Blackout Show, Chi, C-H-I. Uh, thanks to Ray. Thanks to Ozzy for joining us on the show. Gonzo, Jay, Junior, Slav signing off. We'll see you March 14th for the next episode of The Blackout Show.
5: Process. Yeah.